episode 49. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Leftovers. I think we just found a transformer. 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 Me, Grimlock, no like you. All right, hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the leftovers. Alright, this week we're reviewing the summer blockbuster Transformers Age of Extinction. It's the fourth installment in the Transformers movie franchise. After the the review, if we do have time, we will be discussing, you know, uh, Generation 1 from the cartoon Transformers and uh, possibly uh, the 1986 Transformers, the animated movie, if we do have time. So, God, four of these now. When did the first one come 2007. out? 2007. Uh, 2007. I was going to guess six. 2007 and then 2009, they had Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, 2011, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Then it was basically Michael Bay figuring out if he's going to come back and do a fourth movie, yeah, and uh, we had a three-year break there. So, uh, um, how was your week, man? It was good. Yeah, yeah, lots of work. Yeah. Um, Fourth of July is next Friday, so busy weekend for the Dairy Frozen Department. Yeah, want to wish because we're not going to get to talk to everybody on the Fourth of July. So, uh, want to wish everybody a happy and safe Fourth of July. Don't get too fucked up. Drink responsibly and all that bullshit. Right? Yeah. Don't don't blow your fucking hand off. Or, but, you know, make sure you point the firework the right way. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I still have some, like, old, like, M80s. They don't even sell those anymore, but I got, like, a whole box of those things that I bought when I was a teenager. I was terrible with fireworks when I was a teenager. Roman candle fights and M80, throwing M80s at people and shit. (laughs) Yeah, I never could get my hand on any of the cherry bombs. They'd stop making those. Oh, yeah, definitely. What what are those, like, one-eighth of a stick of dynamite or something? Ridiculous? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean... It's targeted towards kids. It's called a cherry bomb. <laughs> oh, fire, fireworks are fun stuff. Yeah. All right. So, hey, were there any good trailers during your showing? And and how did you see Transformers Age of Extinction? Did you watch it 2D, 3D? I saw it IMAX 3D. I'd like to thank Carmike for getting me in for a discount price. Um, yeah. The the viewing was nice. Like, it was a nice theater. What Great. about the, the trailers? I'm tr- trying to remember if I saw anything memorable. I saw d- Dracula. Um, the, re- the Untold? Dracula yeah. Untold? Yeah, Dracula Untold. Is that right. what it's called? Yeah. Um, the Rock Hercules movie. Is the Dracula Untold movie, is that the other guy from Immortals? That Luke Evans? Is it Luke Evans from Immortals? I, I have no idea on that one. Yeah. I... You want me to try to Google that? Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah it doesn't really matter. It. I think it might be Luke Evans, the other guy from Immortals that Henry Cavill, like, you know, he was, like, opposite of Henry Cavill in that movie. Gotcha. Yeah, the Rock Hercules movie. D- did that trailer look not, that? did it not look better? Yeah, the, 
I thought the visuals were really good. The 3D looked really good in that movie. Yeah, and, and they're sparing no expenses on this. It had big set pieces, dude. It was definitely expensive looking. Yeah. The, I, the, I don't know. I just don't know how The Rock is going to fit into that whole thing. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. It still looked like a mummy movie to me, basically. Like, the same kind of action. And- I never liked any of the Mummy movies, and I know that have a huge following. It just didn't have the feel like Indiana Jones that I was looking for. I agree. And I didn't care for the Scorpion King stuff either. Yeah, I It's not agree. my cup of tea, man. I, so. don't, I, I, don't, I think that's about all I saw. Yeah. Did you see anything really good? Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw those two trailers, and I... Th- I can't remember if I saw anything else. I saw the newer Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Yeah, I saw that one too. They had that one too, which looks. Am- I have to see it in IMAX 3D. Yeah, definitely. I have to because like they, it's the the screen that I saw it on, it was huge, of course. But I think it's even bigger than the IMAX screen that I usually go to. Okay. And the deep space shots almost made me feel like wow, like I'm out there. It was that unreal. I agree. It's awesome. Yeah. I hope there's a lot of space fighting shots in that movie, and it's not just, like, one little section we're seeing, you know? Well, they need to get this stuff in before Star Wars comes out, because, yeah. you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, after Star Wars Episode Seven comes out, I think a lot of these space movies are going to have to rethink how they do things. Yeah, that's always been the way it's been with the Star Wars movie. Exactly, and that's I think that's going to be the case here, too. I think uh, Star Trek uh, Three has its work made out for it. They're going to have to bring in some Klingons or something cool, some cool space battles, because I think Star Wars Episode Seven is going to going to bring in some really cool effects when it comes to some of these uh, you know big scenes out there in the in the galaxy. I'm excited. I'm excited too. All right, um, Jake. Before we start the review, let me ask you this question. Uh oh. Before Transformers: Age of Extinction, how did Mark Mark Wahlberg connect to the Transformers universe? Before the movie? Before the movie even came out, how did Mark Wahlberg connect to this universe? Is there okay. an actual answer to this? Is this a rhetorical question? There's an answer, and I'm actually going to have the answer revealed here I, in a moment. I have, I have no idea. Okay. All right. Before – you know what? I can't really just say the answer, so I want you to just listen to the answer. Dirk Diggler demo. Get vocals up. You got the touch. Take seven. Oh. You got the touch. You got the power. I, if I would have thought hard, hard enough. Yeah. Taking away from the vocal? No, not really. Maybe it sounds balanced to me. It's definitely taking away from my vocal. Just take the bass down and bring up the vocal. Okay, let's do it, Nick. You heard him. That's right. 1997, I believe. 1997, Boogie Nights. 17 years before this movie came out. Mark Wahlberg as Dirk Diggler saying "The Touch." And that is most famously known, in my opinion, 
uh, in Transformers, the animated movie, the song that Optimus Prime just, you know, kicks ass to. I'm embarrassed I didn't know that. That's that's one of my favorite movies ever. Fucking right. uh, Boogie Nights. I love it. Oh, yeah. Me too. I saw it in the theater. Um, Alfred Molina is great in that movie. Yeah. When they're doing the uh, Coke deal with him. Right. And all that goes wrong and everything. Yeah. I uh, I saw that in the theater um, back in 97 when it came out. I went and saw Starship Troopers. Yeah. Right after that got out, I just like snuck my way into watching uh, Boogie Nights. And I want to thank Carmike, too, for not catching me. Yeah, what a great twofer there. Yeah. So (laughs) thank you, Carmike, for not catching me, you know, double dipping. So (laughs) thanks for that. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's see here. Let's go over the film synopsis for Transformers Age of Extinction. Transformers Age of Extinction begins after an epic battle left a great city torn. But with the world saved, as humanity picks up the pieces, a shadowy group reveals itself in an attempt to control the direction of history, while an ancient, powerful new menace sets Earth in its crosshairs. With help from a new cast of humans, led by Mark Wahlberg, Optimus Prime and the Autobots rise to meet their most fearsome challenge yet. In an incredible adventure, they are swept up in a war of good and evil, ultimately leading to a climactic battle across the world. (laughs) That's what a great synopsis. Yeah. Do, do you ever go into one of these Transformers movies really even thinking about what happened at the, <laughs> at the end of the last movie? Um, not really. I mean, they kind of reset themselves, don't they? Every movie. Yeah. Don't they all start with after the destruction? Right. <laughs> and people gripe about Man of Steel. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think every city's been destroyed by the Autobots and Decepticons. Yeah. In, in these movies. Well, that's fine. I would, it doesn't really bother me so much from Transformers. <coughs> That's kind of what I pay for there. I just expect a little bit more from a, from a Superman movie that it doesn't turn into that. We're not turning this into Superman. I'm sorry I even mentioned it. <laughs> uh, the movie is directed by Michael Bay. It's written by Aaron Kruger. Uh, Aaron Kruger was asked by Slash Film in an interview, how do you write for Michael Bay's style? And I thought his answer was a really was really smart, and it just really kind of sum it kind of sums up um, Michael Bay films for me. He says writing for Michael Bay is very he's a very sensory director, mm. and sometimes an overload director. He's someone who is always looking to top himself, certainly from an action perspective and a stylistic perspective. So very early on, we're throwing ideas back and forth. We talk about sequences and visuals and moments. Whereas in some other films or ordinary films, you might be very sl- uh, slavish to story and narrative first. And logical sense above all. When you're talking about aliens, robotic machines, which disguise themselves as vehicles and animals, you start to make your peace with the idea that logical sense doesn't have to be the be-all, end-all. It needs to be amazing fun for the audience. They need to be swept up and be promised that they're going to see things that make it worth spending money on a ticket. So yeah, I think that, that kind of sums sums these movies up. And, and yeah, well, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. All right. The movie stars uh, Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, who's been the most definitive voice of Optimus Prime for me in the you know Generation One cartoon and and in these movies. Yeah, in the in the very first movie, just the first time we saw that in the theater, the first time you heard Peter Cullen's voice again in the live action Transformers movie, yeah. it was kind of a 
goosebump moment, no matter what you thought of that film. I thought yeah. it was hard if you're a fan of Transformers not to get excited when that happened. Absolutely. Just hearing him say some of like the iconic lines from the original Transformers animated movie, like, one shall stand, one shall fall. Yeah. Stuff like that. Because they didn't give Very us any cool. of that in the trailers before the first Transformers. Like, the first time we heard yeah. him speak again was seeing the movie. So Yeah. Bumblebee. He, we don't really have a voice actor for Bumblebee, do we? No, I mean, it's just, it's like, just like sound clips, sound and clips. Shit. Yeah, uh, John Goodman is Hound. Uh, Ken Watanabe from this year's uh, Godzilla uh, was Hound. Uh, no, excuse me, Drift. Um, he was Drift and the samurai yes. guy. John Goodman was Hound. John right? Goodman was Hound. Um, John DiMaggio as Crosshairs. Who's, Robert. That's Bender from Futurama. Oh, okay. Uh, Robert Foxworth as Ratchet, uh, Reno Wilson as Brains, uh, then we had, uh, the Dinobots, um, don't have any voice actors attached to them, Grimlock, Strafe, Slug, and Scorn. So Grimlock, of course, we know him as the T-Rex. Yeah. Strafe is now, used to be Swoop, which is the Pteranodon or Pterodactyl or whatever. Yeah. Slug, which in the, con- in the, uh, in the comics and in, I know, well, in, in the cartoon was Slag. Yes. And Slag was, he was the big brontosaurus looking. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, did they ever tell you the names of all the new Dinobots in the actual movie? They, I don't remember them doing that. It's probably just like the toys. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> and wow. Then, was Scorn the Triceratops? Um, I can't remember. I don't remember. Okay. The original one. Yeah. All right. No, well, in the original one, it was... Uh, well, in the new one, I have no idea. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. I just saw the movie. I tried to retain uh, the names of things, but I found that very difficult. It was difficult. Much stuff didn't get named. In and my a opinion. lot of humans, I had a hard time with their names, too. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was Cade Yeager, and apparently Dwayne Johnson was offered the role of Cade Yeager, but he declined due to scheduling conflicts with his movie Hercules, which is coming out this summer as well. And Jason Statham was actually attached to this for a while as a rumor. That's interesting. Yeah. I bet you this makes more money than Hercules. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Transformers. It's going to make a ton more than Hercules, especially internationally. Yeah, I'm su- surprised Rock didn't do it. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe he was locked in or something, yeah. but yeah. Kelsey Grammer as Harold Adinger. Um, Nicola Peltz as Tessa Yeager. Jack Rayner as Shane Dyson. Stanley Tucci as Joshua Joyce, Titus Welliver as James Savoy. Uh, Titus Welliver. No, James Savoy is Titus Welliver, excuse me. Yeah, Titus Welliver is uh, Man in Black from Lost. Right. If you know that. I'm getting these backwards, actually, I think. Um, TJ Miller was Lucas Flannery. Sophia Miles was Darcy Tyrell. And Lee Bing Bing was Su Yu Ming. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Galvatron was uh, voiced by Frank Welker. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was also the voice of Soundwave and Galvatron on the Generation 1 TV show after the movie, uh, which in the animated Transformers film was played by Leonard Nimoy, which is weird because I found out that Frank Welker did some voice acting for Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, where he performed Spock's screams. Huh. That's interesting. And then also, uh, Frank Welker, I just, this is a side note, but he was also the voice actor on the 80s animated Dungeons and Dragons Saturday morning cartoon, and he voiced Uni, the unicorn, and then Tiamat the dragon. That's awesome. So I used to love that cartoon. Yeah, I love that cartoon too. Uh, we had Mark Ryan as Lockdown, 
Michael Bay describes Lockdown as the film's most interesting character. He travels the galaxy. He works for somebody else. He's here for one person, one alien, and then he's out of here. So he doesn't really want to take sides. The cause and balance of the galaxy is kind of messed up when different species play with different species. And that opens up a whole other gigantic world for Transformers. So that is our Transformers cast. We had some other, you know, uh, we had uh, some other robots, uh, you know, uh, Leadfoot and Stinger, another I, robot. Man, I had a really hard time knowing what the names of everybody was, um, especially the name of the big bad robot. I still didn't get its name. Not Galvatron. Lockdown? I, I, is that the one? Lockdown was the guy who had, like, the big... Turned into a big gun, gun face. In his face. Yeah. 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 Lockdown. That was Lockdown. And he was not a Decepticon, not an Autobot. No. He was like the Bubba Fett of Transformers, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. We'll get into it when we open it up. But Lockdown. Yeah. Lockdown. When do they ever name him in the movie? They did. They did. Like one time, I felt like. And then it was like... Well, was, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It was a long movie. Oh, so. oh, my God. Michael Bay stated that the best way to see this is an IMAX 3D, which I guess that's what we saw it in. He said, the best way to see this movie is definitely in IMAX 3D, by far. (laughs) Why? Because for one, we did technically excellent 3D in this film. We conceived and shot this movie with 3D cameras, so many movies use 3D as an afterthought. We also are the first movie in the world to shoot with the new IMAX digital 3D camera. The Age of Extinction was formatted for 2.40 for normal theaters. What makes... The IMAX version of this film, so different, is that 60% of the movie opens up and fills the whole IMAX screen. It makes Transformers 4 such an immersive experience. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot to say about this kind of thing. I almost want to rate it before kind of talking about all that kind of stuff a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go into ratings here. So we're going to be rating Transformers Age of Extinction. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, then we want you to get familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Yes. All right, that's our rating system. So toss it, taste it, and Tupperware. Jake. Yes. How about you take us down the ratings path, sir? Oh, you want me to start it out? rate this bitch. Man, this one's really hard for me to rate. You know, um, Christ, it was so long. It was like with trailers and everything. I think we were in the theater for over three hours. (laughs) Did you wait for post-credit scenes? There were none. (laughs) There were none. I decided to look online. Oh, okay. And I I Googled Transformer 4 post-credit sequence. I waited. (laughs) And I saw the headline was actually, don't wait for post-credit sequence. There is none. And I was like, oh, okay, good stuff. I should have used the P-Run app, man. Yeah, you should have used the P-Run. Yeah. Oh, man. So how, how were the credits? Oh, yeah, the credits were just great, man. You got to hear some of those awesome songs again. Some great songs. <laughs> awesome music. Did Linkin Park do anything for this? I felt they must have, right? They had to. They did everything If else. they didn't, then whoever did it, right. Linkin Park should sue them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I, it's, yeah, I guess it's so hard. It, visually, it was super great. Like, the 3D was super nice. Um, some of the car chase sequences were super great. Like, Michael Bay knows how to show us really great action that's really visual stunning. Yeah. But, I mean, if this movie 
about Transformers could be less than two hours, like between 90 <laughs> minutes and two hours, I think it'd be a Tupperware okay. with this kind of stuff. But yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and taste this movie. Okay. A very low taste it. I feel like after it's in the theater, if, I, I agree with Michael Bay. If you don't see this movie in IMAX 3D in the theater, right. then it's it's a toss it once it comes to home video. Yeah. Unless you have a really swank <clears throat> setup at home. You know, ginormous TV, a projection, or something going on. Factor in, like, into your rating. Like, factor into, like, you know, the story a little bit, not not just a vague, and then, like, maybe some of the characters and then character designs and, and this, things like that. The story was just, like, ho-hum to me. It was just, like, kind of a bunch of jargon most of the time. Like, it was really hard to... I, I still don't truly understand, like, where the Dinobots even came from. Like, <laughs> at, at all, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they just showed up basically the optimus prime gave a speech and the dinobot showed up <laughs> right and i don't know it was just it was just a bunch of excuses to show a bunch of action sequences okay i thought in some ways it was better than the previous transformers movies and that they wrapped up the stupid human plot like in previous movies they kind of establish all these things like Will he get this apartment? Will he get this job? Will he get right. this whatever? Right. But by the last half an hour of action sequences, none of that even matters anymore. Yeah. And in this movie, the thread of the human plot actually did carry for the whole movie. Yeah. I applaud them for that. That's the first time they got that one right. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just so long. It was just too much. It was very long. Very Make, long movie. I think it was uh, two hours. I, I, different places have it listed as two hours, 37 minutes, two hours, 45 minutes. I think it was closer to 245. I think it was closer to 245. I'm telling you, if this movie could be two hours, right at the two-hour mark, it would be a Tupperware for me. Like, And you can easily edit 45 minutes out of this, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Are you, are you ready for my rating? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Let's see here. How do I say this? Um all right. To me, I think it's funny how Megan Fox starred in two of the Transformers movies uh, because she kind of reminds me um, about how I feel about them. Um, like Megan Fox, you know, the Transformers movies, they're fun to look at. But once you sit down with them and start to figure them out and what they're all about, you stop listening to them and just start looking at how pretty they are. Michael Bay movies, to me, visually are gorgeous. They they really are. They're beautiful. They're 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 stunning. I mean, he finds a he finds a way to capture things on film to make them look very appealing. Uh, the colors pop. The action is just over the top, and and it's mostly engaging, and it's totally ramped up and fast paced. Where Michael Bay fails, in my opinion, is fleshing out characters and giving us characters that we care about. Back to my Megan Fox comparison. Megan Fox is the woman you want to bang to put a notch on your bedpost. Emma Stone is the woman you want to date. Yeah. I don't want to keep coming back to these movies, Mr. Bay, if there's nothing more to them than just setup after setup for another action scene. I personally, I want to get to know characters. It seems like all the characters in his movies are the same. They are either really straightforward and boring or they are just over-the-top sarcastic. Either way, I didn't relate to any of his characters in this movie. People give Shia uh, LaBeouf a ton of shit for this movie, his movies and the Transformers. But I think he was the most relatable character Bay has done in a film since the Armageddon movies, uh, that, since the Armageddon film. Uh, 
in that first Transformers film, not the other two, but you could relate to this kid that was the underdog and he wanted to date the hot girl at school. Now we're introduced to Mark Wahlberg, who I usually like in most of his movies, and he's trying to play this robotics engineer who works out of his barn and is raising his hot daughter. That's that's another thing. Uh, I can't relate to it. And where does Michael Bay keep finding these gorgeous women to be in his movies too? Yeah. I mean, they all are just over-the-top gorgeous. Megan Fox, the, the model from the last movie that wasn't even an actress, and they – they put her in there to date with Wiki, and and now this 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 uh, daughter of of Mark Wahlberg's is just like you know it's like uh, Michael Bay has watched Weird Science and somehow figured out how to make wi- Barbie dolls come to life. <laughs> I can see him like in his basement with a bra on his head doing this because these women are just over the top. Kelly LeBrock, gorgeous. Yeah, kind of weird how they had to sell <laughs> that she was seventeen too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if we didn't get any more close-ups of like her ass yeah, exactly. in those short shorts, Daisy Dukes, I don't know, you know, seriously. Yeah, they, they bring up how it would be illegal to date her, and then they show you tons of zoom-ups of her ass. And exactly, yeah. yeah. Hey, we're going to make you feel even creepier about this whole situation. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, he doesn't come off in the movie like this brilliant guy either. I mean, he's still Mark Wahlberg, in my opinion, you know, chasing people off his lawn with a baseball bat and... He just doesn't come off like a brilliant scientist. They they even had him wear glasses at one point in the movie, and I wasn't buying it either. And I remember those rumors where he wanted to play Tony Stark if Robert Downey Jr. left, you know, the franchise. And and after seeing this, I, I think we all know what the answer should be to that. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm shutting up. I don't want to talk during your review. No, so. you're fine. <laughs> no, can you seriously listen to like? Mark Wahlberg in the Iron Man suit talking to Jars. Oh, yeah, it'd be terrible. I mean, in some ways, I, I Tupperware this movie for all the wrong reasons. Like, it was almost so, like, ridiculously bad. Right. It was kind of entertaining. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, like, such a giant catastrophe of right. a movie. Um, Transformers, Age of Extinction, it's a visual spectacle, and, and it, it really is a sight to behold in IMAX 3D. Um, what it lacks in story, it makes up for an eye candy, and, and that's the truth. That being said, it's not enough. I, I like the characters that are relatable and that develop, and, and not in the cookie-cutter way that they develop in this movie. I also like a story-driven movie, um, one where the mythos actually makes sense and, and doesn't get rebooted with each film. And the story here was just not good to me. And and with the movie being two hours and 37 minutes or two hours and 45 minutes long, Ugh. they had plenty of time to work with this one. Uh, not even the Dinobots, in my opinion, can save this movie. I have to give Transformers Age of Extinction a toss it. Uh, there's nothing more than, than meets the eye here, man. <laughs> so I, I got to give it a toss it. Um, it's, it's probably like... The closest toss it to a taste it ever, just because of the beautiful visuals. I yeah. mean, I don't like, I don't despise this movie or actually like hate it to the point where it's like I'm just gonna rag on this movie the whole time. I just, I wanted me being a huge Transformers fan. I just, I, I want my Transformers mythos to make sense, and I just feel like it didn't here. Yeah, I can totally relate with your toss it. I mean, I. I juggled between all three ratings literally with this movie. Like you know, I sat there with my popcorn. And I laughed for, you know, sometimes the reasons the filmmakers wanted wanted me to, and a lot of times for reasons they didn't. And, you know, it was – I had a good time watching this movie. Right. I'll probably never see this movie again. 
Yeah. But that's kind of the yeah. way I have been with all the Transformers movies. I've seen them all in the theater. Right. Usually within the first couple of weeks they've come out, and then I've never seen them again. Yeah, I've seen um, – saw the first one. I've seen it actually multiple times. I really enjoyed the first one because it was – the first time we'd seen Transformers and that, that growing up, like that was my favorite toy. That was my favorite cartoon and, and seeing them come to life on the big screen. And you know, you had Starscream and you had like, you had, you saw like hints of that dynamic between Starscream and Megatron where Megatron, you know, would take jabs at Starscream for like yeah. failing him and stuff like that. I got a kick out of it and I liked it and I thought those scenes were worth watching again. But then, you know, like in the second movie, you're introduced to all new characters, really. Um, you know, Megatron comes back, Starscream's come back. But you get a lot of new Autobots, and like that movie, they didn't flesh them out well. Like you're introduced, you, I thought we were going to get RC. We did get RC, and it was yeah. the RC triplets, and they were motorcycles. In the second one, that's when you get those <coughs> two stupid uh, jive talking robots, right? Yeah, you get those. You get and then and then Devastator. Yeah. Um. You know, you got the Constructicons that form Devastator, who has like you know giant balls. And I didn't think that was funny. Um, you know, I always wanted to see a combiner on the film, and it just was not as cool as I wanted it to be. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you had the twins fighting the the you know Devastator, and I don't know, man. It, and then the third one, I, if I, the third one was actually better than the second one, in my opinion. Like I felt like the third agreed, one, yeah, agreed. Like the stakes were much higher. And, you know, it's destroying Chicago. I was getting ready to say the same thing. It was, yeah. and we're so familiar with Chicago because we're right. close to the area. Yeah. That it was amazing to see a lot of those special effects being done in the streets of Chicago and, and stuff. Yeah, I've never had a problem with Michael Bay special effects. No. Ever. Never. I think his special effects are like, it is an event. Like, this is like, if you want to sit in a theater for nearly three hours and just watch Really awesome explosions. Yes. You want to watch – you just want um, kind of like a mindless movie where you don't care about the mythology. You just want to see action. That's what you're going to get here. And and for me, like I can say like, oh, I love the Expendables movies because like I'm seeing all these awesome – see, it's like I contradict myself. But not really because like when it comes to Expendables, I don't have a past or a history with them. Yeah. Because I know how rich and how deep like the Transformers mythology is. And I feel like Michael Bay is all over the place with these, the transport. Let's just start talking about this. Fucking <laughs> I, I agree. I want to say I agree with you a hundred percent. If I if I came at this from like, oh, I'm such a huge fan of the Transformers, and I want to see justice done to the franchise of the Transformers, then this movie is a toss it, toss it, toss it. Right. Like all of them, but maybe the first one, and even that one's pretty much a toss it from that viewpoint to me. Yeah. But yeah. I got to tell you, I'm a little bit of a sucker. For Michael Bay films, it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure of me. He does; it always just looks so nice. You're always going to get one great car sequence. Um, I love The Rock; it's one of my favorite movies of all time. What about The Island? The I, I'm, I like The Island too with Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I think that's a great movie too. Um, what about the Bad Boys films? The Bad Boy film, the Bad Boys films are great. Um, Bad Boys Two was one of the first films that really hit during the uh, high definition revolution. Yeah. And it's one that, like, for, like, four years after High Def hit, if Bad Boys 2 was on HBO, it was the glossiest film you were going to see on your High Def television. I'm just a gorgeous movie. Right. And so I just always have a guilty pleasure. I mean, Pearl Harbor is terrible. Um, what about Armageddon? I, I, like, I have a guilty pleasure for Armageddon, too. Right. I mean, my, you, you know what you're going to get for Michael Bay movies. It's... There's going to be some sappy storyline a little bit, and it's going to get really cheesy. 
And none of them are Tupperware to me, I would say, except for The Rock. Like, right. the rest of them are all Taste It, The Island and Pearl yeah. Harbor and everything. But, yeah, I feel like if I – as long as I'm coming at it like that, this was a Taste It for me. But I, I can understand hating this movie if you're a Transformer purist. I mean, you got to just be wanting this whole thing to be rebooted by now yeah. if, you, if you're a Transformer <laughs> purist. Yeah. Yeah. Just a whole new director, a whole new writer, a whole new vision. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that the way we're seeing Michael Bay films is at the expense of the Transformers franchise. Right. So I I can see people tossing this movie. Who would you want to come in? Well, maybe we should talk about that later, but it's on my mind now. Like That's it, a great question. Who could do this justice? Yeah. Um I've got a, I had a few people in mind. Yeah, with I mean, it's hard not to think after Pacific Rim. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, let him have control of these robots fighting each other, and and you know, let him ha- let him get a, uh, a hold of the mythology. He, yeah, I agree. He's proven with Hellboy that he'll do a franchise and respect the mythology of the source material. Right. So I think he'd do it the same with Transformers. It's just so hard. It's like, what source material do you draw from? In Transformers? You, yeah, when you do a Transformers movie. Like, I mean, if 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 it was me, uh, if it was like if I could choose like a director to do it, I would want Brian Singer to do it and <laughs> take him back into the eighties. There you go. And go from there, and let's see some of these you know robots that we grew up as kids, Generation One robots, have them look the way they did back then. I think what Brian Singer did really right in this last movie that Joss Whedon also did uh, to to a degree in the Avengers was. With when Brian Singer made the X Men fight together, they worked as a team. Yes, they worked as a team. I'd never seen an X Men team work as well together than they did in that X Men uh, Days of Future Past film. Yes, I mean Iceman, Kitty Pride, uh, you know Bishop, uh, Blink. I mean uh, they were all working together. I mean like it's like they could read each other's minds. It was really cool to watch them work together as a team. And Brian Singer, I think if you throw him into a Transformers movie, we're going to get a really good team film out of the Transformers and see like, you know, like what makes each Transformer special to where they can like uh, work off one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brian Singer wouldn't be a bad director for these movies. Yeah. I think what would make these movies better that will never happen is if they tone down the human element of it. Like, if they gave us a real fanboy Transformers movie. Like, all Cybertron-based? Yeah, I'm not saying no humans and no stars, but really do it like they did in the cartoon or the comic books in the 80s, where the humans are just, you know, sub-characters, basically. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be freaking the same, like Spike and what was the other... Yeah. What was the other one's name? I forget. Uh, Daniel. Daniel and Spike. It doesn't have to be the same people, but just really show it from the robot's <clears throat> point of view. Right. And they kind of, um, I mean, when the, when the show first came out and they were on Earth, like for the first two seasons, you know, it was like, there was like a lot of human elements in it in some of them. But there were episodes where the humans weren't involved. It was mostly like, uh, you know, the Decepticons trying to get like energy, you know, from like the Earth, like oil or like the rubies and things like that. Um, and making their energon cubes so that they could get enough energon so they could go back to Cybertron. Um, and then after the movie, it was more like they were out in outer space. It was more Cybertron based and discovering different worlds and things like that with, you know, Galvatron and the new 
you know, characters and stuff like that. They were more in space. It wasn't really Earth based at all at that point. You, you saw Spike, you saw Daniel, but it was, they were out there in the cosmos, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I, I don't, I don't know how they would do it. I just think it's interesting, like, seeing, I want to see the war happen on Earth, but I don't need to see a college student or a farmer or a robot engineer. Yeah. Or I don't need to see any of that. Let's see, <laughs> right. let's see a Transformers storyline, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, did you really connect to any of the robots in this film? I think I think they did an okay job of of, of some of the robots. I, I like John Goodman as Hound. Oh, you're talking about the actual Transformers? Yeah. When you said robots, I was thinking of the 911 dog. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about the Transformers. Yeah, John, Good- John Goodman was good. Yeah. I thought he was interesting. Um he, it, but see, me being like a Transformers purist, I mean, that was not Hound to me. I yeah. mean, what'd you think about as a Transformer purist? What'd you think about seeing Ratchet basically get tortured? Oh God, that was the roughest scene <laughs> in the movie. It's like Ratchet. Oh my God, like like I care more about him than the humans. That that, that goes back to your point of like, let's just show these robots yeah. because like, yeah, we're gonna have spoilers, okay? Oh yes, yeah, sure. spoilers, galore. spoilers, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, there's a scene in the movie where Ratchet, basically at this point, like, there's a group called, uh, what is it, Wind? What is that group? Oh, crap. Is it the group that, um... The man in black is the head of? Yeah, it's like Kelsey Grammer, and he's got... Uh, his attack dog? Yeah, the, yeah, like the Titus Wellington guy. Yeah, the his, man in black. Yeah, he he uh, has like this group that, that goes out and hunts Autobots and Decepticons and kills them, um, and they get a hold of Ratchet. Um, they, have, they have basically something that, like some kind of like uh, binoculars or something that can like read their energy and they can find these transformers pretty easily actually yeah they like scouted them out he's like recluse inside of some building like inside like the chimney or something like that right and then they hunt him down and you know start blowing him up and the whole time he's like begging like i've worked with you uh, you know listen humans i'm an autobot we've worked together and like it's just very cold and and then you know like lockdown the character of lockdown um who's neither you know, Autobot nor Decepticon, he's off in the distance, blasts him, and then walks up, you know, like a badass, and then just basically obliterates he like Ratchet. Ri- yeah, he rips his spark out, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's, yeah, rips his spark out like it's a heart, and, you know, that's the end of Ratchet. And then we're forced to, like, look at his head later on in the fucking film. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, Ratchet got, I mean, he got the worst of it in the animated movie, too, when... Fucking Megatron, Starscream, Soundwave—they all like, <laughs> they all take over that uh, that ship, the Autobot ship that's on its way back to the uh, you know the uh, Autobot base, and uh, yeah, uh, Autobot City, and Ratchet gets fucking killed there too. So I had to watch him die in 1986, and then I had to watch him beg and plead for his life in this, and it was just, it was it was rough, man. Yeah, it was Ratchet torture porn. It was yeah. pretty crazy. I didn't like it. Yeah, it, it was. No, pre- actually, I okay. I can't say that I didn't like it. It's the only part that made me feel anything for anybody in this movie. Yeah, right. It was probably the most emotional <laughs> part of the whole it really movie. Was. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, what about? Uh, let's talk about uh, 
you know, the human characters that we're introduced to. Like, <laughs> you know, let's talk about the good characters. Like, we had, uh, what is it? Jack Rayner, um, who played the Irish kid, um, that's dating, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg's daughter, daughter in this. What did you think about him? Yeah, he was okay. I didn't care for him. Yeah, who gives a fuck? He has to be able to drive cars good because he'll be required to do two action stunt sequences involving yeah. cars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, the daughter, of course. Yeah, we talked about her. I love how when she drives up, she's just like – it looked like when she first was introduced in the movie, uh, she, her and her friends are driving up in the Jeep. And it just looks like it's straight out of like a Taylor Swift music video. <laughs> and they're it's, talking about how they're going to get fucked up or whatever that it night. It so did. The sunshine was shining in the yeah. perfect way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then all the girls are all woo girls and go, woo. Yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah. So, yeah, I, right there, it's like I can't stand her character <laughs> from the get-go. And then um, – <laughs> and I don't know, Mark Wahlberg in this. I mean, I don't know. Who's better? In your opinion, who's better in these films? Overall, Shia, Shia LaBeouf or uh, Mark Wahlberg? Uh, they're both terrible. Um, I'm going to – I agree with you that Shia LaBeouf was better in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. For the wrong reasons, though. I was laughing at Mark Wahlberg just being planted in these Transformers movies. I think I found a Transformer. Yeah, it's a Transformer. Was it? Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> hey, Transformer, say hi to your mom for me. Yeah. I just want to fix you, Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, I don't know, dude. I, I didn't feel like there was enough. Uh, there wasn't enough Bumblebee in this movie for me, and that's the one thing. Sorry about that. That's the one thing that Shia LaBeouf did right. Like anytime, like Bumblebee was like, you know, in harm's way. Like you could feel like he loved Bumblebee, and it it ramped up the emotion that much more for me. I think. Yeah, I mean the product placements really ran rampant in this movie Holy too, right? Fuck, let's talk about the product placement in this fucking movie. I could really use a Bud Light. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could use a Bud Light too after watching this movie. They rammed into a Bud Light truck, and then oh, well, the spaceship. Okay, he's flying the spaceship. The <laughs> spaceship crashes. He gets out, and then. Of course, it's like he like crashes into like a Bud Light truck. Yeah, there's Bud Lights spewed all over. Bud Light everywhere. Yeah, I think I swear like all the labels were up. Yeah, you could read them all. Every every single one. And then then we get the shot of Mark Wahlberg, and he drinks one. And he drinks one. Yeah, cool, refreshing Bud Light. Right now, okay. And then we had uh, they're in that science and lab, and we saw the My Little Pony, oh, Rainbow yeah. Dash, Rainbow Dash, and the. The glasses, they were Gucci glasses. Everyone that had glasses, when yeah. they saw up close, we, we saw oh, they yeah. were Gucci glasses. The Gucci glasses. And then, uh, uh, the cars, of course. Yeah, the cars. And, uh, yeah, Transformium, when it becomes, uh, <laughs> when that, that whole thing where Stanley Tucci's character is using the Transformium and it turns, the Transformium changes into whatever he wants it to and it turns into a Beats Pill speaker. A Beats <laughs> Transformium. The, wow. the but, dumbest element name since Avatar's Unobtainium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. These movies are their stupid element names. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So what's the big MacGuffin in this movie that they have to, that they have to uh, was, take control of? What's the, the MacGuffin? The Seed. Oh, the seed. That's right. Yeah. Where did the seed come from? Help, okay. Help me out. I just saw this fucking movie and I barely understood oh, it. Oh, God. Okay. So Get I know, out the chalkboard. The seed. Isn't that – okay. 
this is so this is what I don't like about like every time they make another movie it's like <laughs> we're introduced to like another McGough fan and it's, it's like the it's like none of, I don't know none can of them I, make sense like can I interrupt this conversation this, for a quick yeah, second yeah go ahead is it true I only saw Transformers 3 in the theater once okay did Optimus Prime get blown the fuck up at the end of Transformers 3 and that's his status or did that just happen Oh, After the fact, he got blown up in Transformers Three, and then one of the, the like the dying that dying I think it was that dying Autobot that ancient Autobot. It was um, what's his name? He had two names. He had a different name in the comic and a different name in the cartoon. The one with the beard in the movie. He had the beard in the movie, but in the comics he was this. He was a jet, and he was. He was actually started off in the in the in the cartoon as a villain. He was like frozen in the ice, and he was like Starscream's friend from Cybertron. And Starscream finds him, and oh, he's um. He started off as like a villain, and then he became a good guy for the Autobots. And he was a Rick. He's a very very. He's a larger Transformer, and he wasn't this movie. I think he was like. Uh, wasn't he like the stealth bomber or something? And God, I know exactly which one you're talking about. He's a bad guy for like the first two episodes. Yeah, and, and then, then he, he was becomes a good guy. A good guy. Yeah. He's a big white plane. Big with, white and red. With, with red, red spots red. on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, who the fuck? What is that Transformers name? That's I driving keep, me crazy now. Uh, and he's not an aerial bot. He's not affiliated with the aerial bots ah. at all. Do you want me to pause? We'll yeah. find out his name. Yeah. All right, so yeah, Jake, you looked it up, and and uh, right as you said it, I said it at the same time. It was Jetfire. Jetfire, yeah. yeah. And you said sometimes Skyfire in sometimes some of the Skyfire, comics. Sometimes yeah. Um, I believe in the comics, but, but yeah, um, yeah, he had two names, but like he, yeah, tra- uh, Optimus Prime got blown the fuck up, I think, and then like he used like his parts to become like this fucking like Ultra Prime and shit. Okay. At the end of the movie, and you know. I think he was able to fly around with like a jetpack and so sometime in between that and this movie he decided to like Obi-Wan style go hide out in some theater all beat up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what happened and I think he'd been I think what they alluded to was like he had been hunted cuz like they showed like all those um you know like the big what is it like those big shells from yeah. the, from the weaponry and stuff like that that poured out of him when Mark Wahlberg opened him up and gotcha. He was like Hey, what have you been through? Oh my God, what, what's, what's going on here? So, okay. so uh, sorry to interrupt the other conversation. Okay, but back to um, where did the seed come from? Yeah, the seed. The seed isn't it supposed to like? The seed was like what the wasn't it? What like at the be- okay at the beginning of the movie we're introduced to a scene. Okay, so I guess at the beginning of the movie it's like I guess if you ever wanted oh, to, the- if you ever wondered like what it would be like to mix the movie Prometheus and the Land Before Time, <laughs> they. They they take care of that for us here. So I thank appl- you for that. I, I applaud that. That's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's like Prometheus <laughs> meets the land before time, and so the creators we're not we don't see them. We just see like these like this huge like battalion of like you know spaceships coming from you know whatever, and they're down there and like they're like terraforming the Earth with the uh, is it is it transformium that they're using. No, the Transformium is what they build Galvatron with. Yeah, but I think the Transformium is what they used on the on on all life there to start because it made robots. I mean, because like later on, that one chick who I don't even know her name, the blonde <laughs> lady who is just in the movie. Yeah, she later on discovers like uh, an old di- Dinobot. 
Remember that? That was in the ice? Yes, I remember that scene at the very beginning. So didn't they bring down Transformium and it like – didn't it like mold with like dinosaurs or something? I don't understand, dude. Where, yeah, okay. That Where did the Dinobots come from? Do you not understand that either? Because none of that made any sense to me. Well, the, didn't the – weren't the Dinobots up in the ship when Prime was up there and didn't he rescue them? And then like <laughs> – <laughs> that really happened? The fuck, well, that, there was that one dude who was upside down, right? Yeah. And Prime, like, <laughs> Prime, like, found a sword in there, and he was like, uh, I'm a knight, you know? And he's like, now he's he's talking about how he's a knight or something, like, the knights. And so, like, we're more Transformers mythology that we have no idea about. That happened about. in this movie? Yeah, dude. He, like, oh, Jesus. He, like, pulled up. Remember, he pulled out that sword and, like, okay. that one that one that one Transformer guy that was upside down? Wasn't that, like, one of the Dinobots that he, like cut loose I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like oh my god where did these dinobots even come from like i i swear i was conscious this whole movie yeah dude i don't know man okay so like yeah, i was i was super confused on plot it's elements very confusing so like okay let's try to sort this through like <laughs> so at the beginning of the movie like they're like they show up and it's either they're they're either using the seed or they're using Transformium. <laughs> we don't know which one. But they're using one of them. And I thought the seed was like something like – it was like a weapon that can like create life or something. We saw the physical seed a bunch. It was like this – Yeah. Like I, this gigantic prune. Yeah, seed. exactly. A robot prune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. Yeah, I didn't understand the seed's purpose. Yeah, I think the seed – like, okay, that's what I'm confused about because if, if, if the seed gives life – I thought we were introduced to the AllSpark in the first one, which was what created all life. Like, that was, like, how they were going to be rebuild Cybertron or something. Yeah, whatever. The AllSpark, the cube. Remember the cube? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was, like, part of it. Not anymore, apparently. <laughs> all you seed. need is a seed now. I got some seeds. John Denver, plant, yeah. plant a tree. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know, man. Uh, little, it, yeah, it's very confusing. I don't know where the Dinobots came from either. Now that I'm thinking about it, the storyline made no sense to me. <laughs> and who is the one dinosaur? Like, I thought it was Grimlock that was frozen there. Yes. So I was like, oh, okay, they're gonna get thawed out or something. And I don't think that had nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> no, I think it had to do with the beginning. It like because like right at the beginning they showed all those dinosaurs getting killed. Part of me wants to believe that the. Creators came down to Earth. They used the Transformium to create the robots because later on in the movie, they said something about like De Lockdown is talking to Optimus Prime and he's like, "What do you think you were? You think you were like born or something like that? No, you were made." Talking about the creators, and so like I think like some of the robots were formed right here on earth maybe because okay. it, you know and some of them were the dinobots and the creators used the seeds to create the robots or transformium yeah but the dinobots were bigger than the autobots and everything it's like where they, the fuck did they come from at all yeah i don't know dude i don't get it they yeah. were huge so yeah. i i don't know i don't understand it yeah wow as as far as transformers mythology goes oh my god i mean this movie was terrible all over the place Terrible. So, like, each movie, we got, like, a MacGuffin, right? I mean, we had, like, yeah. um, the AllSpark or the Cube or whatever you want to call it. And then and we had, of course, the Matrix of Leadership and <laughs> the second one. And then now we've got the Seed. So this, it's a lot to, to throw at us. And now we're told about these creators. I don't know, man. It's a lot. Do you think they're going to follow up on that? That was, like, the big – if we jump right to the ending – 
I'm going to go after the creators. Yeah, I think they are. I think that's what we're going to – like – Who are those – what are those things going to be like? Okay, so Some, let's look at Transformers mythology in the you know cartoon and in the comics and things like that. So basically I think – okay, there's somebody that they call the one and that's like the the creator. And then he created Unicron – and then Unicron was just going around, like, destroying everything. Yeah. So, like, he, like, broke Unicron off into another robot, which was, I think, Primus. So there was two, and they were brothers, Unicron and Primus. And they, like, they, I don't know, they, like, never, like, Primus was, like, I think they both started off as planets, okay? And then Unicron learned to transform, and then... Primus never transformed, but he created 13 robots to protect everybody from Unicron. And I think Prima was the first Autobot that was ever created. And then Optimus Prime might have been one of them, but I don't think so because he was also Ryan Pax before this. So I don't know. I don't know, dude. It's all over the place. And then the Quintessons have something to do with this because the Quintessons are involved somehow. And in the cartoon, like the Quintessons, they – created the Autobots and Decepticons. So, like, they created... And then they originally lived on... Cy- the Quintessons originally lived on Cybertron, and they created the Autobots and Decepticons. The Autobots and Decepticons didn't like... They were like they were being treated like slaves. So there was a rebellion, and they took over Cybertron. The Quintessons had to leave, and they found a planet called Quintessa, which is conveniently called Quintessa since they're Quintessons. And they lived on Quintessa. They lost Quintessa, and now they just roam the galaxy. It's really, really in-depth and complicated. Yeah. So I'm thinking that maybe Michael Bay is going to be using the Quintessons as the creators. Yeah. And, and it's interesting with that kind of ending. Maybe he is going to do what I'm asking for and give us a movie where we're not going to have much of a human element. Right. I mean, Prime is Prime basically is going deep blasting off into deep space saying this, and yeah. that's where they leave it as the cliffhanger. Yeah. So maybe that will happen. Yeah. Did you uh, – the car chase sequences were great, though, when – um. The dumb boyfriend showed up to save them from the house exploding. Like as soon as the people showed up, that it was like a classic Michael Bay house explosion. Right. And then the dumb boyfriend shows up. Like from that moment on, it was a really great car chase sequence. Were you thinking that that car was like Bumblebee at first? You know, I never, I, I never <clears throat> thought that it was. I was be thinking a transformer. It was, I thought it was a transformer. Like I thought it was a transformer. Like. Like, like they knew, like they were keeping t- like tabs on Prime the whole time, yeah, and looking out for Prime, and like maybe it was Bumblebee. He was hiding out. He had just like not been like he didn't look like himself. He was like you know going incognito. Gotcha. And like, and then all of a sudden it's just her fucking boyfriend. Well, yeah. As soon as they did the boyfriend reveal, I knew it was it wasn't up, and I, but right. I, I wasn't smart enough to think that it could be a, a transformer before the reveal of that. Gotcha. No, it was a cool car car chase. I mean, I, I liked. Uh, there's quite a few car chase scenes in this movie that I thought were really cool, and like the way that they showed, like uh, they're in the in the car, like at the end with a magnet. Yes. Which um, where they got the the shot inside the car as they're driving away, and you could see all the destruction going on behind them, and like how close it was. Yeah. Um, I just kept waiting for like 
a Dinobot to be behind them, like stomping, like in Jurassic Park, like chasing them. I thought that would have been like a funny throw throwback to that Jurassic Park film. Yeah, that was crazy. There was that one part where they were there was all those mega explosions going on all around them. Then yeah. they stopped right at the last minute for them to like get away and everything. It right, was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it was over the top, and but it, it looked just so great. Right. Um, what about uh, what about the the T.J. Miller death when he dies, T- the actor T.J. Miller. Oh, that was pretty funny. And so. then they showed his, like, burn-up body in, yeah. in, in the running away pose. Right. Yeah, got a lot of screen time. I didn't think he was going to die. Yeah, they, they killed him off pretty quick, right? Yeah. I was yeah, like, they oh, did. wow. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> bizarre. Um, okay. And they kind of they kind of gave him a, uh, a shit-face edit because they kind of revealed that he's the one that called the uh, – the feds in the first place he was right. the, he was the rat he revealed at the end yeah exactly he was worried about that twenty five thousand dollar reward money yeah exactly yeah. and then he got burned up for being a greedy rat right <laughs> i mean okay so tell me what you thought about there's a lot of things that didn't make sense and i mean I, that's the thing i mean we review these movies and you know we watch them it doesn't mean that they all have to make sense and we understand everything about them because and and you know i'm sure there's other people that like the the when they saw this, it all made sense to them, and that, that's fine. But not everything made sense to me. Like Lockdown, the character of Lockdown yeah. was interesting because, like, at one point, like he's talking about the creators, and and then he's talking about how he stole his sh- he stole his ship, the ship that he was flying, yeah, how he had stolen it, and he's using this ship. And then even Prime said something like, you know, like you've 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 disgraced this ship or something like that. <laughs> And then I'm just like, if he's being hired by the creators to go after Prime and kill Prime, where did he get the ship from if he didn't get it from the creators? So I, I was looking, and according to Michael Bay, Lockdown ship is sentient and will play a major role in the film. And he said the ship has a lot of meaning and backstory that can go into other movies. Oh, in the next film. Yeah, so I'm thinking, okay, first off, I'm thinking, number one, I think what they're going to use is the creators. I think they're going to use possibly the Quintessons as the creators, which actually, in all actuality, are not the ultimate creators, but they're going to call them the creators. So we've got Quintessons. And I actually saw a tentacle in this film while they were up in that ship. Yeah, that was crazy. And it made me think, like, it may, is there a, like a dying Quintesson on this thing or yeah, what something? Was, what was up with that, to interrupt you? What was up with the... Uh tentacle wrapped around the leg what was what was all that stuff going on in there that didn't make any sense to me it didn't either it made no sense to me but i kept thinking is that a quintesson yeah and that so that was inside of lockdown ship right yes and lockdown ship is the ship that he stole yeah he said that he stole that ship and so i'm thinking that he stole the ship and the ship is part of unicron gotcha because michael bay he said he said lockdown ship is sentient and will play a major role in the film, and then the ship has a lot of meaning and backstory that can go into other movies. I'm thinking maybe he's thinking maybe it's Unicron huh. eventually. That's interesting. Gotcha. And we haven't done Unicron at all yet in these no, movies. No, nothing. Not even a tease. Gotcha. Huh. But like Unicron's huge. Like Unicron, I mean, is the size of he's the size of Cybertron. He's he's gigantic. He's a huge. He's a planet-sized robot. Yes, for sure. He, and I don't know how you're going to pull that off. And even Michael Bay can do these huge, big spectacles. And if anybody's going to attempt doing this, it's Michael Bay, which 
the only good thing I think that could come out of that is to show other studios that yes, you can make Galactus. Yeah. You don't, he doesn't have to be a cloud of smoke, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I hope that is the direction they take. It was definitely interesting inside of Lockdown Ships. It was one of the most interesting set pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And even watching like them going, uh, the Autobots going in and out of the ship and like, you know, making their way through the ship. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Um, I liked, I liked, uh, I, I liked, what did you think about like, I liked Hound. I liked Hound. I thought he was fun. Um, and then, uh, Ken Watanabe was okay. What was up with Hound's beard? <clears throat> it was their uh, cables, like little wires. Okay. They were I like c- little wires. Yeah. They didn't, every time they zoomed <coughs> up on it, the zoom didn't last for very long. And I kept trying to figure out what was going on with that. I looked at it and it was like little, uh, curly Q, uh, wires. Yeah. It was a neat effect. Like when he was moving around and everything. Yeah. And he was smoking his little cigar. <laughs> yeah. I, I was wondering about that. If he had yeah. like alien tobacco. Hound yeah. from the c- cartoon, um, he was one of the few Autobots that actually preferred Earth over Cybertron. Oh, that's a, that's a fun storyline. So yeah, he he loved it. You All know. of Earth's pleasures. Yeah, he loved. Well, he loved like the terrain because he was a Jeep, and he just he just loved Earth. Yeah, this movie was so confusing though. I know you said you think some people saw this and understood everything, but I find that hard to believe. Like I feel like you had to have. If you understood everything in one viewing on this movie, then you did like research before you yeah. saw it, or you're yeah. so familiar with the source material. Yeah, because like it kind of throws out like all the other mythology that they introduced already, like the All Spark, you know, the Cube, and then every, and and like I thought that was what gave everything life, and and like whoever, like you can never destroy the All Spark. There's always a piece of it, and and you know what I mean. And then it just felt like now we've got the seed, yeah, and the creators. So like the All Spark isn't like. We've got the creators who is the seed. Does that create the worlds, or did the creators create the seed? Do the creators have anything to do with the All Spark, or is the All Spark like the Transformers' soul? I don't understand. Yeah, and they kind of implied that they um, whacked a lot of the uh, other robots too. Like that, all the other there wasn't very many left. Like the right. you know, Prime was like, "Is this all that's left?" Yeah, the, I thought it was interesting that they talked about other countries, like grabbing up the last of the uh, Decepticons and Autobots that were out there on the loose, but they never really went anywhere with that storyline. Remember when didn't Prime send out like a transmission to like all Autobots come to Earth or something like that? Yeah, and like there's like six, right? If even. Well, oh, in this movie, yeah. Yeah, like they were the refugees, like the only ones that survived. Like you had, yeah, Drift and Hound and um, um, what is it, Cross Crosshairs? Yeah, he, um, yeah. He had like the Matrix looking looking trench coat on. Yeah, he was cool. They, I think, like these are the first triple changers, right? I mean, like the first triple changers we've seen in a film, right? I mean, yeah, I guess so. Watanabe was like a helicopter. And then he could turn into like a car. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was things that were more than triple changers. If you think of the transformium. Oh yeah, the transformium. What do you think about the, that? That lame name. But like, I don't like that. It's like, how do you kill them? I mean, it's just like now. Okay, we're introduced to apparently like, um, yeah. So humans found a way to control the transformium so that they could make their own robots. Yeah. Their own transformers. But the robots that they're making have no souls. So is that like – Is that? Is, am I right? Yeah, that's correct. And, and Stanley, um, Stanley Tucci, is that how you say yeah. it? 
his character is kind of a bad guy at first because he created these things and he knows that he doesn't have complete control of them. Yeah, he's like the anti-Mark Wahlberg because they're both creators, but he's like yeah, a, he's a billionaire and like here's Mark Wahlberg who's like this, you know, living on this farm and you know making shit out of a barn. Yeah, but they make Stanley Tucci feel bad enough. You know, they're like you know, and eventually he's like, oh okay, you know, right, and joins the good team. Yeah, but like he created the Transformium and well, he, he used the Transformers technology to create the Transformium and then used the Transformium for them. And then like they thought they had the Transformium under control so Galvatron would be under their control. And I kept thinking it was weird that – and I, I think I figured it out. Like they wanted to make the robot, the other robot that they were creating look like Optimus Prime, but it kept coming out looking like Megatron. And it was because they got all the information from Megatron's head. Yes. And Megatron was still actually alive, and he transferred like his consciousness into yeah into Galvatron. That was some confusing stuff too because they <clears throat> used Megatron's parts. Yeah. He was like, no, we want this to look like a friendly robot, like a consumer-friendly robot that the public will, right. will like be behind and cheer. And then yeah. he had, like, that big hole in the yeah, chest, yeah. and he didn't like that either. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. It was, like, because they were using Megatron's head and parts of Megatron's body, it, yeah. it had to look that way, But it, which made no sense. I mean, if the Transformium can look like Rainbow Dash and Beats by Dr. Dre, right. yeah. just make it look like whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he could t- totally control that. <laughs> oh, but when we, when we try to make it into a Transformer, it's always going to look like a bad one. Yeah, but at least we didn't have soda machines turning into Transformers in this one or Xbox 360s turning into robots. Yeah, good good call. The product placements weren't that over the top, even though they were kind of over the top. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just... I. I think they tried to throw too much into this film um, as far as mythology, and it got me really confused. I want a more streamlined story, and, you know, and does it, like, discount, like, what happened in the other films? But on the flip side, I mean, it's not like those other films didn't happen because, like, we saw there's that Remember Chicago billboard sign in the movie that refers to the last movie, The Dark Side of the Moon, and how Chicago was destroyed in that film. Um, it's like the Transformers equivalent of uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Like, oh, the Transformers have been, <laughs> haven't been doing anything, but now they have to come out of retirement. Right. Did, did you see that there's a number on that Transformers billboard? What's the number? It said, uh, remember Chicago, and then it had uh, – there was a number, like a phone number. Do you have it? I have the phone number. Huh. Do you want to listen to it? Yeah, you have what happens. Yeah. Here we go. I love in movies how how everything's so convenient like that. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, there's a billboard that if you see these things and then, oh, my God, you just happen to run into an adventure with Optimus Prime and all this stuff. Right. And it's like even all movies fall under this trap, like even some of the greatest movies ever. Like I honestly, I just watched Ghostbusters last night. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like Sigourney Weaver comes home to her apartment and of all commercials that happen to be on the TV – it's the Ghostbusters commercial and probably the first one they've ever aired. But yeah. she happens to have her TV on and see it for the first time. Is that where she's making the eggs? It's right before. Yeah. 
It's you know, it's just. Did you know that scene, like in that scene in Ghostbusters, like if you like watch it, like uh, and like pause it in certain spots, you can actually see that she bought uh, Stay Puffed marshmallows. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, you can actually see like a Stay Puffed marshmallows bag there. Oh, sweet! Yeah. I-, I love that they didn't use a real brand; that they made up their own brand. Yeah, me too. I liked it. Yeah, that's always good stuff. But yeah, I was just you know like the, it's always that movie magic. Like you're gonna see the the advertisement, the yeah. billboard right before you fall into the. When you were a kid and you first saw the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, did you think like that was like a real character like back in the day? That yes. I did too. I, I, I had no idea that it was a fictional thing. I thought like the Stay Puft Marshmallows were like maybe a brand like in the 50s or something that I didn't know about. I thought – um I, I remember seeing that movie opening day in the theater. Yeah. And like I thought the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was really cool before I saw the movie. Uh-huh. And then, like, how old would I have been when that movie came out? What year? Eighty-four. That... You'd have been six. So yeah. And then when I saw the movie, I was terrified of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Afterwards, he scared the shit out of me because <laughs> he gets that angry face when they set him on fire. <laughs> right. And then, oh man, I just remember. I'm yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's always a good sign of a good Transformers movie when you start talking about Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh man, Ghostbusters was great. I hadn't. I don't think I'd seen it for a couple of years, and it was right. super fun to watch that again. What did okay? Uh, let's talk about. I want to talk about this because I think this is interesting. What did you think? Like okay, like the relationship between like Mar- Mark Wahlberg and his <laughs> daughter, and then Mark Wahlberg when he finds out like she's dating somebody. Yeah, just all that stuff. It's like this movie. Oh my god! If it's going to be three hours, why does it have to be two movies like jammed together? I know. D- didn't you want Mark Wahlberg to just punch him in the fucking face though? Yeah, that would have been great. He was so like he. What was the final clincher moment where Mark Wahlberg thought he was going off to die? He's basically like, you will stay with my daughter forever and make sure she never dies. I will, sir. I will. And it was like, oh, my God. But earlier in the movie, I mean, he's such an asshole and, like, basically just flaunting the fact that he's fucking his daughter. Yeah. And pulls out that fucking Romeo and Juliet statutory rape card. Oh, yeah. That that – part was crazy that was disturbing yeah like he knew he was gonna need that at some point to prove like, it for some reason like how did like okay who did the research on that that is weird like did michael bay just pull out this out of his own personal wallet and use it in the movie i, I mean, love i love creepy. being inside of that character's brain too it's like well i'm gonna be flaunting publicly that i'm having sex with the 17 year old right so i better have this as backup what do they call it, the romeo and juliet law? yeah the romeo and juliet law yeah. That was messed up, dude. Yeah. That was messed up. And then, like, when they're laying down together on the couch, he's like, uh, yeah, you two are not going to be laying down together and or smooching. And then she says something like smooching. She's like – said something like that. Like, they're way – Smooching so dated, dad, or whatever, or like, or something like that. Yeah, like, oh, my God. I just – I wanted to punch the guy, too. Yeah, it's a Transformers movie. Who cares about all that stuff? Right. Like, if you're going to have humans, have the human storyline tie into the Transformers storyline. Yeah. Like, it's all interesting and good that this guy's a uh, like interested in creating things. And, like, so use that and tie that into the Transformers mythology. Don't give the guy a hot 17-year-old daughter and the boyfriend that she's hiding. Right. Like... Who wants, like, if you 
had me spitball a hundred ideas for Transformers. We've seen movie. the human side in every other movie that deals with humans. Let's deal with the Transformer side, right? Yeah. And the, but the human side is so fucking benign in these Transformers movie. It, it's yeah. so it, annoying. Well, do you re, do we really need a human side in this? As far as like that stuff is concerned, like a love story and like a father daughter relationship and. And that stuff, I mean, you can no. really flesh that out a lot better in just a movie that's dedicated to that kind of a story without robots, without aliens. Exactly. You don't need to mix that in with like an alien sci-fi robot movie. I mean, it, it doesn't come off like as as amazing as it should. I mean, it's let's just deal with the robots and their mythology and but not confuse it with like seeds and all sparks and all this other stuff. I mean, let's – streamline this a little bit and have it be cohesive throughout the whole set of films. I think they just like reset and reboot with each movie so they can introduce new characters, so they can introduce new toys. So Hasbro can have new toys. Yeah. And it's like they just like cram the Dinobots down our throats. Like, okay, here's a scene of like a bunch of dinosaurs dying at the beginning of the movie. And later on, Optimus Prime is going to go to this island or something and He's going to face these warriors and ask them to come fight like he's Aragon and he's going to talk to the uh, the ghost warriors and have them <laughs> try to talk them into fighting uh, for him uh, in the uh, Return of the King. And then all of a sudden, like, these guys are supposed to be, like, these awesome warriors, these amazing warriors, and Prime just starts kicking Grimlock's ass. And I keep thinking to myself, as he's kicking Grimlock's ass, like, why does he even need him? I mean, he's kicking his ass. Why can't Prime just go back out there and kick some ass? Why do they even need the Dinobots? Because Prime is just like wiping the floors with this guy. Yeah, that that that's a very good point. I mean, you can just poke holes in this movie forever if you start thinking like that. And then and then fucking <laughs> Hound and Drift are just watching him get his ass kicked, like sitting on that rock. Like, yeah. oh no, we'll let Prime take care of this. Like, I'm not I'm not getting involved. And like <laughs> those lazy fucks. Yeah, and like I don't know. I and I never got a. It was just like they crammed the Dinobots in this movie. I think they looked cool. I think yeah. Grimlock looked awesome. Um, I didn't like the look of Strafe, who was Swoop. I mean, a two-headed Pteranodon. I didn't. Why two heads? That made no sense to me. Why did he have to have two heads? Yeah, I, I was shocked at how long it took to see the fucking Dinobots. I got to tell you. Like, took forever. Right? I was being a little bit of a jerk during the movie and peeking at my cell phone every now and again to see what time it was. I was too. And the shit started at 3.15, and I remember looking, and it was 6 o'clock and still no Dinobot sighting. Wow. And I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> Unreal. But, okay, wasn't that a Dinobot in Lockdown's ship? I mean, like, hung up upside down? Isn't that, like, when Prime, like... Started talking about being a knight and grab, <laughs> grab that sword. I guess so. Was, wasn't he setting – like he – didn't he grab the sword at first? Yes. And like it, it wouldn't budge and then he said something like, I'm a knight or something. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the sword let loose like it was the Sorcerer's Stone or some shit. That, that part was crazy. That, that was weird. Yeah, that whole scene was weird. And then didn't he like free that one robot who was hanging upside down? Wasn't that a, I wasn't was that a Dinobot or am I wrong? Who the fuck was that? I have no idea. What's so special about the fucking sword too? Just use any old fucking sword, right? <laughs> they like the mythology of these movies makes no sense to me when it I watch them. It's all over the place, dude. Oh, uh, it's crazy. Like maybe it made a little bit of sense in the first movie, but after that it just became a fucking crapshoot. Right. It didn't. It made no sense to me. And then in the second movie, you had like the Matrix of Leadership, which 
like I was thinking like, oh my gosh, okay, they're introducing this kind of soon and we don't, we're not even introduced to Unicron yet. Is this going to be Unicron? Cause like that's what they use. Like the Matrix Club leadership in the cartoon was supposed to be there to light their darkest hour. Yeah. And it was waiting for that big moment to destroy Unicron. And here we, we really got none of that. Yeah. None of that shit. I don't know. So yeah, you gave it a you gave it a taste it, which I think is uh I'm being real nice. You're being generous, man. I, I enjoyed myself though. I, I'm telling you, if this movie could be less than two hours, I'd Tupperware it. It was such a visual, like stunning It was, it really was visually stunning. Like it I I don't know. Like I enjoyed it much more than other movies like this that are just shut your brain off explosion big blockbuster waste time movies yeah i i thought it was like the best of the best of those and i'm not a big fan of that type of movie so even as the best of that kind of those it's not a tupperware for me but it's definitely still uh, still a taste <laughs> are you excited for uh and it got announced i mean transformers 5 has been announced i will i will see every one of these it, as long as michael bay's doing them i will still see every one of these movies in the theater because to me if I don't see it in the theater, it's not even worth seeing at home. Like, it's just worth seeing all the big blown-up action spectacle. I, I want them to start over, personally. Yeah, as a Transformers fan, I want it to be done. Like, I want a whole reboot. I want them to be able to start everything from the beginning so they can make a cohesive mythology. Right. But if it's going to continue, you know, I'll still support it. I'll still go. Yeah, I'll, I'll, damn, I'll go to the next movie. I don't know if I can review another one of these, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. I think it was a fun one. <laughs> I, it was nice seeing it and then having you try to explain. Yeah. Like, I was excited. I was like, well, maybe Brian can tell me where the fuck the Dinobots <laughs> came from. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Brian can tell me what the fuck the seed even mattered. Oh, uh, I think, okay, I think the creators used the i think the creators used the transformium on the earth to terraform the earth which created some of the dinobots and created transformers here on earth and the after that i have no fucking clue so did they use like they took they proved that the dinosaur skeleton was metal yes. it was transformium yes did they melt that down and make that into dinobots I could have sworn that the dino, those Dinobots were like really old because they called them the legendary warriors. So all that finding the skeleton was doing was getting them more Transformium. That was the only significance of finding that skeleton? That and it was just showing you that the Transformers were there back in like, you okay, know, okay. the Jurassic period or whatever. Gotcha. Okay. So that's like it, I guess I always thought it would have been cool like for a Dinobot origin story like yes. Transformers like when they first came here they landed and they like they scanned the cars and they became these cars right yeah. I thought it'd been cool if like some of the Transformers just like when they shot down they like landed in like you know like the Smithsonian oh exactly and like they got confused because like that's the first thing they saw was like the Jurassic exhibit and they like scanned like the the fossils of like dinosaurs and that's where they came from you yeah know, like that big t-rex skeleton yeah yeah that'd be awesome that's a great idea that's what i thought like would have been like perfect and that's not what happened here it was just like it was a like land before time meets prometheus like the creators come down and like they were the ones who started this and like it was really weird yeah they killed a bunch of dinosaurs those poor baby dinosaurs yeah 
actually felt for that dinosaur too. They didn't kill that little baby. They didn't show him being killed. Oh yeah, he he made. He was like the only one that didn't get killed. Well, I think like give it a couple minutes, he would have been burnt to a crisp. Yeah, that was that was a weird scene. It was a very very weird scene. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um you tossed this? I tossed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to see it again, right? No, probably not. But it wasn't complete torture. No, it wasn't complete torture. But as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, okay, this is really long. <laughs> where, where are the Dinobots? Where were the Dinobots? Like Mark Wahlberg's unimpressive. Um, can't stand the daughter. Um, T.J. Miller died. Okay, I guess he was funny. Um, and it, the football scene kind of was stupid because like it's like why do you have to? Okay, they showed the football scene at the beginning where he throws the football at T.J. Miller. Yeah, and he didn't doesn't catch it and hits him in the head. Yeah, and then like later on they use it when he kills that. The, the Titus Wel- Wellington or whatever his character, <laughs> he uses a football to like disarm him yeah. and like throw him out the window. <laughs> but before he couldn't throw a football for shit. It was just really weird. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. So yeah, so like okay, at the end of the movie, like they're worried about losing the house and stuff like that. The house has been destroyed. They have nowhere to live. And then like so, it looks like him and Stanley Tucci's character are gonna like work together now. So like. Stanley Tucci character is like this billionaire who's like reformed. He's a good guy. So they're going to work together now. And Aww. So, Aww. Do you th- is Mark Wahlberg going to come back for the second movie? Is he signed on? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. For the fifth movie, I mean, in the trilogy? The fifth movie. The fifth movie in the trilogy. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's this, isn't it a new trilogy? Isn't that how the producers or yeah. Michael Bay are trying to sell this to us? Yeah, it's a new trilogy. It's a new trilogy. It's the yeah. second trilogy. Right. Where we completely ignore the first trilogy. It, it totally did, except for showing, like, that Remember Chicago sign. Yeah. Because they don't mention Sam Witwicky. He doesn't get mentioned at all. Yeah, fuck that dude. Um, Did you hear that he just recently got, got arrested? He got arrested yeah. at a Broadway play because he was smoking during the play. That's what happened? And then he spit in the cop's face as he was trying to arrest him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy yeah, stuff, Yeah, right? I heard he got arrested. We're talking about um, um, Shia. Yeah. Shia, I, I always butcher this guy's name. Shia LaBeouf or LaBeouf or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. Dude, he's been in the news a lot lately. He uh, he ripped off that uh, screenplay for that movie. He did like a – he did like a – he directed a movie or oh, yeah. a screenplay. And then I think Jim Gaffigan starred in it. And like this other – like this guy who like wrote that story was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's my story. And so then like – Shia LaBeouf, like, wrote an apology on Twitter, and the apology, I heard that the apology, he actually ripped that off from somebody else. Yeah, I read, um, actually, Jim Carrey was making fun of that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, that was some interesting stuff, too. Yeah. Man, and he's, didn't he say he's, like, done acting? Yeah, he's, like, a recluse now. He yeah. doesn't want any media attention. He's done acting. Wow. That's crazy. That's another child actor that just, like, went off the deep end there yeah he comes in and pisses all over transformers and indiana jones and yeah. then just takes his exit yep fuck it i'm out <laughs> <laughs> i fucked on your childhood I, I shit on your childhood and i'm out i don't know man transformers dude i don't know i think uh i think michael bay i'd love to i wish that he was just kind of like the directing the action and the choreography but you had somebody else in there kind of like uh Doing, I don't know, like somebody else, like singer. Or, I they need have, a, this franchise needs a a writer that writes every movie. Yeah, and, and that's half the problem. I mean, because I believe in the first two, you had uh, Kurtzman and Orky. Orsi. And um, 
I, I think once you have a new writer for the third one and a new writer for the fourth one and yeah. probably a new writer from the fifth one, that's why you get a lot of the we just don't pay attention to the other stuff. Yeah, nothing's cohesive. You know, so, there needs to be someone with a vision that can actually write three movies that connect together. It's ridiculous to think, you know, these movies are going to make money. They're Transformers movies. Yeah. So write a first movie knowing what you're going to do in the third movie. Right. How hard is that? And right. they obviously haven't done that for any of these movies. Yeah. It just seems like they reset each time with new robots so they can sell toys. And, and uh, you know, I mean, the only mainstays are Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, you know? Yeah. Fan favorites. Yeah, and um and to a degree um Megatron. Yeah, to a degree Megatron. But I think even like Megatron, like he was like all broken down and fucked up in like that third movie and wasn't even really a factor. Yeah, yeah. Just mention of And then like Sam Witwicky kills Starscream in the third film, so it's like Starscream's gone and he's like one of my cra- favorite characters. Starscream is definitely Starscream is yeah. definitely one of my favorite characters too. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, that's Transformers, man. I, I don't know. I don't really have anything more to say about Transformers the movie. Uh, I can't think of what else to say about this movie. Yeah. It was it was okay. I taste it. Go see that shit in the theater, and if you don't, don't bother. Yeah. It, it becomes a toss-it once, yeah. once you're watching it at home. Yeah. I don't even think I would. Yeah, I couldn't red box this or watch this at home. you got to see it in the theater because it's a spectacle. Yeah, exactly. But it's long, so, you know. Go for the spectacle Expect to get pissed off by the mythology if you're a Transformers fan. <laughs> and uh, make sure you have your P-Run app because it's a long one. Tell me, yeah, tell me where the Dinobots came from if you know. Yeah, somebody tell us where the Dinobots came from. Hey, and this week uh, I didn't – we're not doing like a news show or anything like that. Um, we're going to like probably double up on news next week and things like that. So we'll give you a really big, long, you know, extra dose of like good pop, bad pop and some news and stuff like that. And I'm, I'll be reading some emails. Has, uh, some... has Ryan Drost emailed? No, Ryan Drost has not emailed me yet. Ooh, man. I, I, am I going to dodge the bullet? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he's thinking of something. So, uh-huh. but, uh, you know, um, yeah, I got some emails from some people, um, and uh, I'll definitely be reading them. Apparently we don't know shit about Kevin Smith and Ben Affleck. Yeah. It sounded like I, they're not as good friends as like what we thought they were. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. I read yeah. that the person um I forget who made that comment, but I read that. Yeah, and there was like an email too. So I mean I I think that may makes me more in the right, in my opinion, that Kevin Smith's a big a big jerk hole and he should keep quiet on that <laughs> shit. God, let's drop it. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. God. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, next week we'll be reading emails, good pop, bad pop, news, all that shit, and I'm sure there'll be tons of news for us to go over then next week, but do you wanna, we can cut, uh, we can take a little break here and, uh, come back, maybe talk about some Generation 1's Transformers and maybe Transformers the movie and what it meant to us when we were kids and shit like that. I need a a palate cleanser after talking about a movie that I just tossed. Yeah, let's do it. I think I was kind, actually, when I talked about this. I think you were, too. Yeah. Like, I wasn't part of the Godzilla podcast, but I heard... No, the thing... Okay, the thing is with Godzilla, like... I was expecting something like amazing to me and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. And so like I went off. Okay. Yeah. I pretty much at this point, we know what to expect from Michael Bay. Exactly. So it's not like it's like I'm seeing Transformers two or three for the first time. I, I know what to expect from these movies. I can't really get like worked up and like, fuck this movie. Blah, 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 blah. I can't really do it because it's like, he's already done this multiple times i mean it's nothing new i mean more of the same yeah it's more of the same and so like how can i get worked up over something when it's like uh 
I don't know. It's like getting mad at somebody when you, when when you know how they're going to react. Yeah. You know, I that's just that's Michael Bay. This is the movie he makes and I, I what am I going to do? Would you, would you say this is the best movie you've ever tossed? I feel like that's probably a true statement. Yeah, this is the best movie I've ever tossed. Visually, this is the best movie I've ever tossed. There's yeah. there's no character development. Whatever character development there is, it's pretty cookie cutter and 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 uh I don't know, man. It's, but but that shit blew up real good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it blew up real good. He did a great job with all the explosions and the action and, and things like that. So I like the Paramount logo. Yeah. Every time they do that, when yeah. you see it make the Transformer noises yeah. and doing its little Transformer shiftings. Mm-hmm. All right. Transformium, The Seed, Dinobots, Lockdown, The Creators. That's the Age of Extinction. Yeah, let's take a break. Let's break it break. up. To help them battle the evil Decepticons, you can imagine the Autobots create Dinobots. Transformer Dinobot Grimlock. Other Transformers sold separately from Hasbro. Hey, and we're back. I know we did promise that uh, we were going to read uh, on Facebook and then on Twitter. We promised that we were going to read some of the uh, listener uh, reactions to the film. We're going to do that. But first, I wanted to go over, um, and I know we were going to talk about uh, Generation 1 and uh, Transformers, the animated movie. But I also wanted to go over um, Rotten Tomatoes scores. I thought this was interesting, Jake. I don't know if you saw this, but Rotten Tomatoes... Let's see here. They had given it Rotten Tomatoes eighteen percent for the critics. Gotcha. And it was sixty four percent for the audience. Yeah, I did, I'm seeing basically the same thing. Seventeen sixty two. Seventeen sixty two. That's current. Yeah, is what I'm seeing current. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, obviously, this movie's not going to be a critical darling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, what'd the first one get on Rotten Tomatoes? It's interesting. Yeah, check that out. But I mean, I mean, compare this to another movie that was released the same day uh, in Snowpiercer that stars Chris Evans, which isn't even available to watch in my area, which has a 93% for the critics and a 75% for the audience. I mean, I looked for Snowpiercer so I could watch it. It's nowhere to be found. Yeah, it's probably low, limited release. Maybe yeah. maybe you'll get it in a couple of weeks. Yeah, true. Transformers One has a fifty-seven percent for the critics. For the critics, eighty-six for the audience. I can almost guarantee that, like with each film, it goes down and down. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I won't even look. So, all right, let's uh, let's read some listener reactions. Let's see here to the movie. Uh, so, yeah, it was on uh, Facebook and Twitter. You know, I asked our listeners, I said, you know, you, if you've seen the movie, you know, what did you think about it? And um, let's see here. Uh, uh, these are Twitter reactions. At uh, Woosh Danny H says, at PC Leftovers, too long, more of the same. Was hoping all the human characters bite the dust, especially the boyfriend. Mild toss it, nice 3D effects. <laughs> and uh, our favorite listener... <laughs> Pete Neen. Oh, yes. Good old uh, Pete's Tweets. I thought I saw a pudding cat. Pete's Tweets. 
Pete, he had to say, let's see here, uh, at PC Leftovers, this movie was, this was the movie seven-year-old me always wanted. Lots of shiny, uh, lots of shiny things go boom and dinosaurs. I'm no longer seven. Toss it. Uh, yeah. David Isaac on Facebook did, uh, well, NWA used to say, fuck the police, but I'm NWA too, nerd with attitude. And he says, fuck, fuck Michael Bay. My cat has a better imagination than that, than Laurel's resting hack. Um, explosion and the same recycled drama, such and sunburst to faint emotions. We're getting old back on bad boys. Time to reboot and do it right. He's tossing it. Not even watching it with his son and his friends who are 10 and Tupperware it. And it didn't help and just made me feel worse for being too old to enjoy it. You know, um, there were a lot of kids in my theater. And before the movie started, I was like, oh, no, these kids aren't going to shut the fuck up. Right. But I'll, I'll give it some credit. These kids sat this whole three hours. And That's crazy. There was no noise, no fidgeting. Wow. I was like, geez, I got to pee. These kids don't have to pee. That's crazy that kids can sit there and watch this long movie because, like, with short attention spans, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess, you know, I, I don't know for every kid, but yeah. to, to my audience, the kids seem to enjoy it. Right. Um, at FinScatman99, he says, at PC Leftovers, I thought this was the best film in the series. Sure, it was long, but the story kept me entertained. Really enjoyed this. So. We've got somebody that really liked the movie. Michael Cornish says he hates Michael Bay. He hates his Transformers, and he hates PCL for making him watch this. He's, <laughs> he's going to boycott the podcast for two minutes. You, my, don't don't see this movie if you hate Michael Bay that yeah. much, Michael Cornish. Don't you don't have just because you listen to our show doesn't mean you have to go see this fucking movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Austin Shadowin says, Dinobots were awesome for me. Some of the script was sketchy, but it was fun. Can't call it a great movie, though. Uh, Dustin Porter says, Explosion, explosion, Marky Mark bitching about his daughter. Explosion, explosion, explosion. Optimus Prime needing to be repaired because he's dead, but a car battery brings him back to life, and then he repairs himself completely by scanning a new semi-truck. Many more explosions. Alien robot that looks like Caesar from the Apes trailer <laughs> is helping the feds who hate fucking robots to hunt down Optimus Prime and the rest so they can harvest them for their transformium to do what uh, to do what with it? Oh yeah, make more fucking robots that they have conditioned everyone to hate for five years. Explosions galore and end scene with Optimus letting the Dinobots go run rampant on our planet, not knowing what they'll get up to and leaving Earth to do something with the supposed creators that have magically been introduced into the storyline. Needless to say, I didn't Tupperware this movie. <laughs> um, That's a good one. Eric Wade says uh, Michael Bay pass or freeze it and never let it out. He'd rather listen to Jake's delusional take on Nathan Fillion on a loop than see this movie. <laughs> Pete Neen didn't like your uh, Nathan Fillion comments last week either. Yeah, Nathan Fillion overrated. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he's just on some TV show and not getting the big the big roles. Wow, you just said that like nonchalantly. <laughs> I still love David Fillion, so don't take it out on David me. Fillion. Uh, David, oh, I was reading uh, <laughs> David. I was reading David Isaac's, David Isaac's post here, so I was. I'm sorry. I uh, know Nathan Fillion. Um, Matt Wheeler says, uh, "Hi, my first review. Been a listener for a few weeks now. 
fun podcast, guys. My review of Transformers Age of Extinction is it seemed more like a car show with explosions than a movie. It was fun still, though, as always. Love the robot designs, especially Crosshair, with what looks like a green trench coat. Also good to see a fun hound with Goodman doing the voice. The primary baddie lockdown was underwhelming, and the transformation for the Earth made Galvatron and the crew uh, was a lazy way of showing a transformation. Dinobots were awesome. We also see our first triple changers with Drift, who he says is a Bugatti and helicopter, and Lockdown, a Lamborghini and a stationary gun. Overall, I would give the movie a taste it, a 6 out of 10. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. And then Aaron Claude Miller follows up and says, uh, spoiler alert, not seeing it. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it was good. Um, let's um, see here. Jared and Emily yeah. Gafford. Um, I'll start off by giving the movie a weak taste it. Anyone who has seen any of the previous movies had to know what they were going to get with this movie. I knew that there was going to be a lot of explosions and shallow dialogue. Knowing what to expect, there were definitely some parts of the movie I enjoyed. TJ Miller was a hilarious and Bing Bing Lee's performance was very entertaining. Mark Wahlberg was Mark Wahlberg. Stanley Tucci was also pretty funny. However, this movie had more plot holes than I could count, which left me confused several times, uh, us two, throughout the movie. But as bad as it was, I left entertained. Therefore, I give it a weak taste it. Sounds and like, I mean, all pretty across much on the, my page. Yeah, yeah, sounds like all across the board, like everybody was kind of confused about this movie, but, you know, the action was there, so... Thank you for making me feel better about being confused, Jared and Emily Gafford. Um, Yeah, Jared Gafford, I wanted to point out, uh, I didn't even tell him this, but he said that he started his own podcast. It's called uh, The Joe Schmo Comic Show, and uh, he asked if I would listen to it, and I have listened to it, and I I enjoyed it. So um, Jared and his friends are doing a great job over there at The Joe Schmo Comic Show, so our listeners should definitely check it out. What's What's it about? Uh, I mean, basically, they'll talk about news and things like that that we talk about as well, uh, give their opinions on it. And at the end of the show, they kind of go over, like, different things. Like uh, the last one, they talked about the uh, the animated DC movie, Under the Hood. Oh, nice. And uh, they gave their breakdown of that film, and it was really entertaining. It was great listening to those guys and their opinions. And then also, uh, like, the first episode, he told me not to listen to it. So I listened to about 20 minutes of it. <laughs> he told me not to listen to their first episode, but they did a Days of Future Past review. So, you know, they do some of the things that we do here, and then they go back and they watch maybe some of the movies that they can watch on Netflix, some of the animated stuff, and go over it. So I'm definitely going to keep listening to the show and see where they go. But, yeah, thank you, Jared, for uh, – he was kind of inspired, I guess, by our show to do his own show. So oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. That we uh, inspired anybody. That's fucked up. I'll have to check that out. Joe Schmo Comedy. The Joe Schmo Comic Show. Okay, gotcha. I, yeah, I think that's what is. Hold on, let me find out because now, now you got me second guessing myself, and I know I've subscribed to it. So let me just look through my subscriptions here. The Joe Schmo Comic Show. Gotcha. I was oh. right. Okay. So yeah, check it out. Uh, so thank you, Jared. Um, now I've lost my place on. Where we're reading our listener. I was jumping all over the place, too, which wasn't helping. Oh, here we go. Brandon Hanks. Uh, first off, I gave Transformer Age of Extinction a taste it. One of the reasons I gave it a taste it was they didn't really develop the human characters as much as I thought they would. Plus, they never explained what happened to Sam Witwicky and Carly Spencer, William Lennox, or Robert Epps. I mean, you think after all they've been through, especially Sam, they would help. This is more of a nitpick, but did Optimus Prime get his red-blue look if he, if he scanned the white truck? Also, what happened to his trailer? Another thing I wonder is, 
where where all the Autobots are coming from, and if they came uh, from the event of the third film, why would they come to Earth if the humans don't want them? Most of the film felt action-oriented, but all in all, if you're looking for a summer action flick, then this is a good movie. It was weird. Yeah, it was totally fucking weird that like Optimus Prime was beat the fuck up, yeah. and he's like, oh, I've got to get to my Autobots. They will heal me. And then all of a sudden, he just scans a truck that they pass, and eh, he's fine. I agree. And that um, Brandon Hanks hit it on the mark. I was really confused about that, too. It's like, why are there these new Autobots if this is the post-third movie place where they're all being hunted down? See, that's the thing. Optimus Prime sent out this transmission for all the Autobots to come to Earth, and then all of a sudden now, oh, oh thanks for sending out that transmission. Now you've come to the pl- one place where people want to kill you. Yeah, he fucked us all. And I, I find it interesting that Brandon's interested in uh, developing the human element more. No, Brandon, no. Right. No. Yeah, Michael Bay is not really good with that, in my opinion. So, and Well, I don't know, man. I just think we need a new director. I'm shocked, I'm shocked someone even cares what happened to Sam Witwicky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jordan Applegren says, spoiler, Michael Bay is a shit director. Yeah, well, well, we knew that going in. Not not too much of a massive spoiler. All right. Holy shit, Jeff. You want me to read this? Yeah. Holy fuck. I'm going to start reading it now. Here we go. Jeff LeBaron, our buddy Jeff LeBaron. Before I get into what I thought of Transformers Age of Extinction, I'd like to point out that Michael Bay is not directing or writing Ninja Turtles. How fucking stupid is everyone anyway? It's true. He's an executive producer. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I know he's not directing. Um, he is one of six producers, meaning he's essentially helping to bankroll the picture, and he's the most vocal of the six, so he's the spokesperson. And anything that helps wash away my childhood horrors of the 90s live-action turtles that look like Howard the fucking duck on acid, I will gladly give a chance. How Hell. dare he? Uh I don't know. Even as a kid, like the first one was like my favorite, but yeah. it still wasn't the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I always dreamed of. Yeah. Um, hell, the figures are at Toys R Us right now, and Raphael looks totally badass. Suck it. Okay, Transformers Age of Extinction. It was okay. I'd give the movie a taste it, and I'd give the majority of fandom a taste my taint, you whiny bitch face motherfuckers. How many years has it been now? You've been through three of these things, and you somehow don't know what to expect. You're only lying to yourself if you think that someone who generates a shit ton of revenue with these movies is going to change a single thing about them until they stop being a financial juggernaut. What your real problem is that your brain just can't cope with the fact that somewhere deep down inside, there's something about these movies that struck a chord with you, and it's disrupting your mental capacity because you know you're supposed to hate these movies. And the funny thing is, and the funny thing about it is, most of you hardcore fans don't even realize that you don't really want the Generation 1 series made into live action. You don't want the IDW comics brought into the big screen. Well, a fair portion of them anyway. The original TV series had just as much silliness and improbable story elements as these movies have, probably even more so. Bringing Cybertron right next to Earth in the TV series and not and somehow not destroying the fucking planet in the process goes relatively unchallenged for decades. But when they do it in Dark Side, uh, the Dark of the Moon, suddenly everyone's a fucking astrophysicist crying foul, and the TV series gets a pass because it's a classic. Fuck me. That said, this movie was mostly pretty stupid. I also thought it was way too long, and I'm someone who generally appreciates longer movies. 
And while I agree with Mark Hughes and of Forbes that this is the ultimate Transformers movie, I also share his assessment that it's certainly not the best. I realize the need to have a significant human element in the story, but I feel that this movie's human element could have run its course in half of the time, and everything else would have benefited from it. The new Autobots were great, even though Hound was the only one who really got to strut his stuff. Ken Watanabe got better treatment here than in Batman Begins and Godzilla combined. The Dinobots were pretty fucking awesome while they were in action, and I hope we see much more of them in the next movie. Mark Wahlberg was fine. Nicola Peltz was a motherfucking super fine. Oh, those shorts. <laughs> Jeff, you sicko. Yeah. She's 17, Jeff. Uh, I don't know how she old, old she is in real life. <laughs> I'm just joking. And really everyone else perfectly, and everyone, and really everyone else was perfectly fine <laughs> in their roles. The only character who actually annoyed me was the, was mercifully killed off early on. Lockdown was a badass, and I liked the doppelganger aspect of Stinger a lot. Yeah, talking about Stinger and Bumblebee. Yes, yeah, Stinger. That was interesting. Galvatron. Well, shit. I was expecting him to figure far more prominently in this, and it really bothers me that after two and a half hours where he has one brief clash with Prime, he just sort of walks off into the hills threatening to return. Return and do what? Get punched a few times and run away like he did here? And what the fuck was with that Optimus flying off at the end, presumably heading after his creators? I fucking hate endings that expect you to come back for a sequel. Fuck you, Prometheus. That should be the review quote on the Blu-ray cover. Transformers Age of Extinction. Fuck you, Prometheus. <laughs> so basically, yeah, he gave it a taste it. I mean, you know, I get it too. I think it was fucked up that Optimus Prime just flew off. Like, how the fuck did that even happen? I mean... He never did that throughout the entire movie, and at the end, he just fucking flies off. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like a Superman ending. Yeah, he's getting stabbed and shit all throughout the movie when he could have just flew away the whole fucking time. <laughs> what the fuck is up with that? Yeah, fuck this planet. So, yeah, I want to thank everybody for their reviews, and I'm sorry if I missed a few. There was a ton, so. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of them, but, you know, thank you for that. I think everybody's kind of on the same page. I mean, even even with my toss it, I still kind of am tasting a little bit of it. But yeah. I don't know. It was a spectacle. Yeah. All right, Jake. You want to talk a little bit about, uh, and I mean, I don't know. How big were you into Transformers when you were a kid? Did you Were you a fan? I was a fan. It wasn't my favorite thing ever, but I liked the cartoon a lot. I had, um, I had an Optimus toy. I had a Soundwave toy. Um, I had a shockwave toy. Yeah. I had a Jetfire toy. Yeah. Um, I had a Grimlock and just a few other ones, you know, like all the big ones. I read the comic books a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I liked it a lot. I, I wasn't really schooled in the mythology. I didn't watch every episode as a kid. I didn't read every comic book, but I watched and read some. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up loving Transformers. It was my, I think it was my first, like, you know, I'd been into other toys, you know, like I've mentioned Max Steel, but I think like this is the first one where I really dove into like the mythology and yeah. I started to pick up the comic books and started reading the comics and like really fell in love with it. You know, Jay, who did the podcast with us, yeah. this is how we met. I mean, we were seven years old and I'm on the playground and I'm talking to somebody and they're like, you know who really likes, tra I'm talking about Transformers and they're like, you know who really likes Transformers? is Jay Piper. And I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, let me let me introduce you. Because I was new to the school. And they walked me over to Jay, and we started talking about Transformers. And that's, like, how me and Jay became friends was over Transformers. So, like, the Transformers mean a lot to me. That's awesome. I, I definitely saw Transformers the movie in the theater. 
I vividly remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the animated? Yes. You know, I just remember, like, I remember, okay, so, like, Fox 43, the local Fox station around here, yeah. had a contest when you were a kid. Like, send in your picture, and if we play it during the Thundercats, you'll either win, like, uh, toys from G.I. Joe or Transformers. The only Transformers toy I had was Trailbreaker. Okay. And, like, I wanted more Transformers for toys. So I told my mom, I was like, you gotta, you gotta get this, you gotta get this kind of, turn my picture into this contest. We'll wake up in the morning and start watching Thundercats. And all of a sudden, they pop this picture on the right-hand side of the screen at the bottom. And there it is. It's me. And I see my picture on TV. And it's my picture of me at, like, my birthday. And I've got, like, my little birthday hat on and shit. That's awesome. And uh, I'm like, holy shit, I won. And I didn't know what they were going to send me. Like, it was either going to be – you got G.I. Joe's or Transformers for boys or you got um, My Little Pony for girls. And – they sent me G.I. Joe stuff. Oh. Which I wanted Transformers stuff, but I still got a lot of cool G.I. Joe shit, dude. I got the bridge layer. I yeah. got Lady J. And I got, uh, um, what is it, Swift Kick, I think. Gotcha. And, and I got a bunch of cool characters and stuff that I won. It was pretty awesome. But I wanted Transformers. So it's like you think like me being a kid, short attention span, like, oh, now I'm just like, going to love G.I. Joe. Like, yeah. I watched G.I. Joe. I love G.I. Joe. But I was still obsessed with Transformers. So. That Christmas was just like Transformers toys, all Transformers toys. You know, I got like Ironhide. I got like a ton of Transformers toys. That's awesome. And um, you know, I'd watch the Generation One show. Like Optimus Prime to me is like everything. Like yeah. he was like the pinnacle of of TV as far as like cartoon characters were concerned. Like he was my hero. Optimus Prime was like my hero, and I had the toy and I loved them. And I play with my Transformers all the time. I just I love the Transformers. I love the fact that they, they were cars that would like transform into robots and it like sparked my passion for robots and Yeah. I loved it, man. I just I loved everything behind the Transformers T V show and I know it was geared to sell toys. I do know that. Oh definitely. And Jeff LeBaron makes a good point that a lot of this like the stories and things that happened in, in the cartoons were silly as shit. Yes. They were. But they, and I know they were geared towards kids, but you know, that we're going to talk about Transformers, the animated movie, the 1986 film. Mm. I think that's, I still think that is a beautiful movie today. I really do. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> and it still holds up, in my opinion. And it's nostalgia for me, maybe. But I still think kids could watch that today and still get a lot out of it. And you can watch just it. You don't need to have any other previous. It pretty much tells you everything you mm-hmm. need to know about everything. It's a really great starting on point for Generation 1 Transformers. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I I love everything about the Transformers, like the the cartoons, like, and I'm I'm really just a Generation One kind of watcher. I, I didn't really get into like Beast Wars all that much. Oh, I hated that that they had um they made Prime into an ape, Optimus Prime. Yeah, not a yeah. fan of that. You know, and so I really jumped off after Generation 1 was kind of over. All the Generation 1 shit ended. You know, I, I do watch a little bit of Transformers Prime and stuff like that. I know there's a new series coming out. And I'll probably watch a little bit of it. But nothing really can replace, in my opinion, Generation 1. I mean, I loved it from the get-go. I fell in love with all the characters. Optimus Prime was just like, you know, like he was the leader. And then you had like, you know, the uh, antithesis of that, which was Megatron, which was this evil guy. Oh, 
And then, but they did such great job with like the voice acting, like Peter Cullen, you know, so it just the perfect voice for Optimus. And then you had, uh, what about Starscream? Starscream, Chris Latta. I mean, they got a guy that, that was a comedian. I mean, he's a comedian. That's what he did for a living. He did stand up and stuff like that. And they got him to be Starscream, which was a very comical character, a character that was always trying to overtake Megatron. But, like, Megatron, for some reason, knew he needed this guy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the same voice actor that did Cobra Commander, right? Yeah, it's the same guy that did Cobra Commander. And Chris Latta, he died a few years ago. Oh, that's sad. It is. Uh, but, I've, like, he used to do stand-up. And, like, he was actually in a few episodes of Married with Children as himself. Yeah. Um, do you remember the uh, the group that Al Bundy started, No Ma'am? Uh, yes. He was actually in that group, No Ma'am. He was one of the guys in that group. Um, Chris Latta, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Cobra Commander, Starscream, I love that voice, that's, that high shrill. Yeah. <laughs> Megatron, basically, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm always whiny and trying to, right. you know, get all the glory for himself. Yeah. And, yeah, what a great character. Great character. I mean, it was awesome. Like, these robots come from another planet looking for energy. They end up on the Earth, and then, like, they they arrived here during like the dinosaur times and they were battling each other all the way here and they got trapped in that volcano the volcano erupted and then it i remember the volcano erupted and then like it moved like one of the the decepticons and i think it might have been thundercracker okay like underneath like this robot that like reanimated it no this it it woke up the ark it woke up the ark which is like the ship that they flew in on okay gotcha um so like okay okay here it is here it is i got it i got it i know the story all right so the autobots were leaving the decepticons are following them in their ship and like the decepticons break into the ark which is like their ship they have this huge battle they crash land on earth they all like get knocked the fuck out. They're in this volcano. The volcano erupts. It basically wakes up the ark. The ark goes out, flies around, and like starts. It starts scanning the earth for like life and things like that. Okay. And it finds like jets and trucks and all this shit. So it comes back and then it like it brings Thundercracker, I think, back to life as like a jet. And Thundercracker starts pulling like all the other Decepticons in front of this machine that's bringing them back to life, and like waking them waking them up. So they all transform into like different objects now. And that's the first episode. That's the first episode. And then like Starscream of all fucking people, as they're like leaving, like they're gonna like take over like the energy on earth and shit like that so they can go back to cybertron starscream starts shooting at the ark and just just shooting at it like a dick and like he's the one who shakes it again to where like an autobot actually gets underneath that uh whatever the ark uh basically animates reanimates like one of the autobots and they come back Gotcha. So Starscream fucks it up for the Decepticons. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I remember they're always dealing with Energon cubes. Energon cubes. And, like, the Energon cubes were, like, different in, like, every episode, too. Like, some of the Energon cubes they got from, like, oil. And so, like, they glowed different colors. And, like, some of them they used from, like, jewels, like rubies and things like that when they were mining for rubies. And some of the Energon cubes were, like, just purple. Some were, like, glowing different colors. Gotcha. So That's interesting. Yeah, there's different kinds of energy that they would use. They wanted to get enough Energon so they could go back to Cybertron and take over. So 
good old Energon Cubes. Yeah, I, I like that cartoon. I uh, I tried watching some of it a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to watch uh, Transformers Generation 1. And, wow, there's a lot of um, visual continuity errors that happen all the time that, oh, I, yeah. that I never noticed as a kid. Yeah. You know, wrong color patterns of the robot from scene to scene. And Character just, has no mouth yeah, for, of, like, a long time. No arms, no legs stuff. Yeah. All kinds of real goofy just animation <laughs> continuity <laughs> errors. I was really shocked at how that was just running rampant all yeah. over these cartoons. I, I, I own, like, season one on DVD. I own the movie. Stop knocking into that. You do that every episode. I know. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm fidgety with the lighter. Yeah. But, um, dude, I just, I I don't know. And then, like, the Transformers movie when that came out, dude, that was, like, uh, for me, that was, like, a religious experience, dude. Like, that movie was just, like, they took, like, the coolest characters, all these characters that I love, and they threw them, like, in this epic movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, like, has a James Bond opening, too, where it's just, like, the spectacular action sequence right from the jump. Well, the beginning, it opens with, like, you see Unicron. Oh, the Unicron stuff, yeah. The Unicron stuff. And it's, like, Unicron, you're watching him, like, um, basically, he's a planet eater, and he shows up, and, and you... Obulus, look, it's Unicron. <laughs> and, you know, all, they're trying to get away and everything, and he just destroys that planet. Yeah, and then we cut to uh, Ultra Magnus on Earth, right? Uh, or, after that, we cut to, like, the amazing music. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then they go back to Earth, and isn't it, uh, isn't it Daniel and Hot Rod? Oh, gotcha. You might be right. Yeah, Hot Rod. That's who it is. I don't know. I don't know if it's the first scene that we see or not after they cut away. It, no, it might have been It might have been the stuff. No, I think it was Optimus. It was Laserbeak. Oh, it was Laserbeak. You're right. You're right. Laserbeak is flying around, spying around, and spying on the Autobots. Auto, and he's spying on um, Optimus Prime talking to Ironhide, and... He's like, um, we're talking about uh, it's our only hope or something. God, I, I just watched this movie. I'm also a big fan of uh, the Junkbots. I love Eric Idle doing the Junkbot leader. Oh, the Junkions. Yeah, the Junkions. Yeah, I dude. love that stuff. Yeah, love the Junkions. Um, Rekgar. Is that the leader's name? Yeah, Rekgar. Oh, nice. Yeah, Eric Idle is Rekgar. I mean, we were introduced to Galvatron as uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy's Galvatron, Judd yeah. Nelson as uh, Hot Rod, Robert Stack was Ultra Magnus. Oh, jeez. Uh, Orson Welles was Unicron. His final movie. Yeah, final movie. They said that he was so he was so sick, even doing that, that they had to alter his voice for this movie. That he was so sick. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, it was his final film. Um, Lionel Stander was Cup. Um, John Mashita, the, the world's fat, fast, Guinness Book of World Records fastest talker, was Blur. I always think of him from the uh, Micro Machines commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Casey Kasem was Cliff Jumper. Who, yeah, Casey Kasem just recently died, too. Yeah. Um, man. Just a huge, huge cast. I'm trying to think of anybody. It's crazy else. they pulled in so many big names for Transformers. Transformers the movie. Yeah, I remember. Well, I remember like GI Joe the movie. Burgess Meredith was uh, yeah one of the characters in that movie. Was who was he? I don't remember. I don't remember either. You know, I don't know why, but as a kid, I was more into my mask toys than I was my Transformers toys. 
Oh, man. I loved the shit out of the mask toys. I had them all. I, I liked mask, but, man, Transformers was where it was with me, man. Yeah, wow. I wish they'd do the mask resurgence. Where's that? I don't know. I don't know. Who owns who owns mask? Does I've, anybody own the film rights? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much write whatever you want with that storyline. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I'm talking, like, what studio owns them? Is it is it Paramount? Like, is that a Hasbro toy? I don't remember who made it. Or was that Kenner? It was Kenner. That was Kenner. Yeah. So it's probably in limbo. Yeah. I don't know if anybody... They, or at least come out with a comic book. Yeah, I'm surprised nothing's been done with that franchise. Yeah. I just thought, like, Transformers, the animated movie, it was just so cool because it was like, you know, we'd watched them, like, in the 80s, and then, like, they just jump ahead 20 years. Yeah. It's 2005. They just jump ahead 20 years, and I thought it was just so cool, and I, like... You know, I like they introduced Unicron and like all these different characters that we didn't know about, Quintessons, and we're we're going cosmic. We're like off of Earth and like you know, we saw like Autobot City and stuff, which like originally Autobot City was supposed to be the toy Fortress Maximus. Oh gotcha, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. The movie is so great. It is. The soundtrack is so great. Soundtrack's amazing. Weird Al Yankovic's in the soundtrack. Yeah, Dare to Be Stupid. Yeah. They played on the Junk Planet. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's I love the um, my all time favorite part is when the uh, Dinobots fight the uh, Constructicrons. Oh, when they fight Devastator. Yeah, yeah. Devastator was kicking their ass. Yeah, that scene was crazy. Yeah, it was weird. They only used four of the Dinobots in that movie, though. Like, there's one split second where you see Snarl. There's one split second where you see all five. So, like, a lot of people thought that like Snarl just stayed behind with Blaster. To like clean up Autobot City because it got fucked up. Oh, gotcha. But you only see the four throughout the entire movie, except for one small scene. You see Snarl for just like a split second. <laughs> He's on maid duty. I love Soundwave. Yeah, Grimlock's hilarious in the movie. Grimlock's great. Tell me story, cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me Grimlock like Petro Rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cup was great. Yeah, I love C- Cup. Cup's you know? great in the movie too. Uh, the humans are okay in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, Daniel is now uh, Spike is now twenty years older. He got married to, and they didn't they didn't say this, but he got married to Carly. Yeah, from the from the original generation one first two seasons that he met her. He got married to Carly, and they 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 kind of like uh, they reveal that in season three of the TV show. Okay. And they, that's their son, Daniel. So now Daniel is like the younger one, and I don't know, man. I just i I loved um, the, the the thing about the movie that really bothered me as a kid was the death of Optimus Prime. Oh yeah, that was shocking. And as an you know, like I think I was like seven or eight at the time watching that and loving Optimus Prime the way I did, and like how heroic he was, and like the way he took out Megatron. Like I actually hated Hot Rod. I hated Hot Rod because he. I felt like he was responsible for the death of Optimus Prime. Because he was the new kid on the block, kind of. Well, see, the thing was, it's like Optimus had fucking Megatron dead to rights. And Megatron is like looking at this gun that's underneath this, you know, shard of metal. And he's going to go after the gun. But Prime's got the his gun right on him. Gotcha. And... Hot Rod is, like, watching this fight the whole time. And Cuphead's already told him, like, hey, this is Prime's battle. You stay out of it, kid. And Hot Rod's like, watch out, Prime. Megatron's going to go for a gun or something. And, like, he jumps in the middle of it. (laughs) Megatron grabs him. 
holds him close to his body, and and Optimus doesn't want to take the shot because he might hurt Hot Rod. So that gives the that gives Megatron the shot. Like Megatron just starts blasting Optimus Prime, and that's what basically eventually kills Optimus Prime. Right, it's fucked up. And so Hot Rod had like a hand in the death of Optimus Prime, and so. I hated Hot Rod after that, <laughs> and because like I loved Optimus Prime, and when Optimus Prime was laying on that table, and you got that music in the background, and you know Daniel's crying, and and all of a sudden you get the—I mean, he's on a fucking like table, yeah, and you you see his like heartbeat, you know, like that's his, heavy his shit pulse, and yeah, and all of a sudden it goes flatline, and he's dead, and he turns gray, and the music just turns like really dark, and here I am, this eight year old boy, and I'm just watching like my hero die. I start crying. Yeah, it's heavy. Optimus Prime dying is heavy stuff when you were a kid. Now, like, okay, and it may seem silly, but no, I cried as a little kid. I watched it and I cried because I love this character. And the reason they said they they had no ideas, like the producers, they had no idea that kids were going to start crying in theaters over this. And like, <laughs> I wasn't the only one. Like, this was a thing that was happening all across the country. Kids were dying, crying in theaters because of Optimus Prime's death. They had no idea that kids were going to react this way. They just killed him off because they wanted to make new toys and bring new toys in for season three. And they thought kids would just be fine with another new leader. But it wasn't the case that way at all. I mean, we had genuine attachment to Optimus Prime, and they stripped us of that. And yeah. like, yeah, man. They brought him back, right? They brought him back. He was in uh, – I think he came back in an episode. I can't remember what it was called, but they brought him back. It was like the return of Optimus Prime. Yeah, they brought back Starscream, too, because he got killed. Oh, gotcha. After, remember uh, Starscream's coronation? Yeah. Yeah, they brought Starscream back in season three. He came back as a ghost. He, he, came, he came back as a ghost and then took over Scourge's body, like possessed him, and then did a bunch of fucked up shit to the Decepticons. And then so Scourge had to join him and help him. And then Starscream wanted his body back, so they found Unicron's head, reconnected like some of the circuitry in Unicron. Unicron said, I'll give you your body back if you perform these three tasks for me. So Unicron, actually the last task, Unicron wanted Starscream to connect him to Cybertron so he could use Cybertron as his body. Oh, nice. Because Cybertron, in the mythology, is actually a robot. It's Primus. So Unicron, I guess, could have connected to Cybertron and became – had a body again. And then Starscream, of course, being like a, an evil motherfucker, he like – he was holding like the cables to connect it. He's like, do it yourself and like <laughs> threw the cables down and like flew off. Galvatron runs into him later and sees him and just starts blasting him. It was fun. That's – I'm trying to look up if I can watch old uh, Generation 1 streaming. Is it available anywhere? You can watch the old episodes on the Hub. Yeah, what is the Hub? The Hub is uh, it's a channel. It's like a cartoon channel and shit. They got some original programming too. Oh, okay, gotcha. I have to check yeah. that out. They they're the ones that show like the new episodes of like the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. No, they I... Transformers Prime, the new series. They're getting a new se- Transformers series on there. Okay, gotcha. So it's like old, and they have like gem reruns and. Well, I'll have to check the uh, channel listing for this channel. The Hub. The Hub. I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. I just love the old fucking Transformers cartoon. I still watch it to this day. And I I watch the movie at least once or twice a year. Yeah. You know, I always... um, I'm not big into buying toys, but every time I go to the store and I see that uh, 
that star scream that you like build all the pieces together and everything yeah. i always think about it yeah <laughs> you know one thing that bothered me when i was a kid was that the toys when they they never look not all the toys but a lot of the toys didn't look like the characters on the screen that you saw like the mm-hmm. cartoon yeah like ironhide look at the ironhide toy the original ironhide toy yeah. came out in 84 looks nothing like ironhide from the comic uh, from the uh, from the cartoon, it always pissed me off that uh, Megatron turned into a gun that Starscream held. Yeah, and the uh, size differential. No, they explain that though. Yeah, like they can they can manipulate the size or something like that. But like as a toy, the, the toy though. itself, it, they couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, I couldn't have Starscream hold that giant. gun. I always thought that like that's what I thought was fucked up. They should have had like the toy. Should have came with a smaller version. Yes. To where a Starscream could have held it. Exactly. That's what I always thought would have been cool. That would have been awesome. Because I didn't like that either. You have to make that prop yourself, I guess. Yeah. Um, I had a bunch of the toys. Um, a lot of the toys, actually. I had, like, Springer, who was, like, the first triple changer that they introduced. Well, they introduced some triple changers in the uh, Transformers movie, the animated movie. But I had Springer. He was, like, the green helicopter. Um, and then I think he turned into like an off-road vehicle. I had Cup. I still have Cup, actually. I need to take a picture of like all my Transformers toys that I still own. I have like Cup and Blur and Hot Rod and I have a bunch of them. Um, look at all those old generation one bumblebees. Yeah. I used to have all the bumblebees. I had Beachcomber. The Omega Supreme. Uh, I still have my Metroplex. I still have Trypticon. He's the big dinosaur city. Oh, I, okay, gotcha. I still have Scorponok. He was a headmaster. Fortress Maximus was like the biggest one that they made. He was like a three foot tall transformer toy, and he was a headmaster. And he was the some great headmaster comics from Marvel. Was it Marvel or Star that did them back in the day? Uh, I think it was Star. I think you might be right on that. Man, these are all newer toys. I just did yeah. a Google search for transformer toy images. I had Optimus Prime, of course. I had Megatron. Yeah. Oh, that was Rumble, wasn't it? There was Rumble and Frenzy, the little cassettes, and oh. Laserbeak, and Ravage, or Rampage, however you want to call him. And Frenzy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's Soundwave. Soundwave. Yes. Oh, man. They used a vocoder effect to make that voice. I am Soundwave. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh... Laser big. <laughs> uh, Constructicons inferior, Soundwave superior. Yeah. Uh, now, now we're just... This is bad podcasting. And we're yeah, just we're trans- just looking at toys. looking at pictures of toys. What was the name of uh, the one that was the... Uh, microscope perceptor perceptor okay gotcha you know he's a real working microscope the toy yeah that was awesome a friend of mine had that and i was always jealous of that one and then you had uh the like the combiners you had like the protectobots um the predacons the constructicons the aerial bots trying to think of some of the other combiner teams at the triple changers (laughs) Yeah, there's headmasters. There's the Jetfire. Jetfire. I had all the Aerobots. My my parents bought me like the whole Aerobots set that came with all of them. Um, 
and that was interesting. Like the combiners, they became like um, there was like the big one, and then like the the four smaller ones that would become the limbs. Okay. Where Devastator was actually made up of six small ones. Yes. And not they didn't have like the big one. It was like six small ones that conform, conform that that made Devastator. And it was weird that Devastator was the only combiner in the film. Like when you had already been introduced, I think to like the aerial bots at that point. Yeah, the film had so much else going on. I mm-hmm. think. I, you know what is what's messed up is like even Michael Bay's movie did a better job of introducing the Dinobots. Like the Dinobots in the cartoon. Yeah. Do you know how they were introduced in Episode Seven? How's that happen? Um. Spike is just talking to Wheeljack, who's like their inventor. Yeah, oh, that's right, that's right. He's just talking to them about dinosaurs. And Wheeljack is going over, like, you know, the dinosaurs and how they're created. And they were just like, all right, let's make some dinosaur robots. And that's what they did. And, like, they actually turned out to be villains at first, like, started, like, destroying, like, the Ark and shit. And, uh, before Optimus Prime, like, tamed them. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. How many seasons did Generation 1 go? I think it just went to three. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you have all that on DVD? I have the first season on DVD, second season on DVD. I don't own the third season on a DVD, but I do own um, the, the movie. Gotcha. I think the third season's huge, too. I think to own it on DVD, it's like two separate box sets. Is it? I could be wrong about yeah. that, but... Man, Transformers to me was just... That's like, if there was one toy, one cartoon that summed up my childhood... It's Transformers, and I still own my Transformers toys. I still have a lot of them. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I should take some pictures of some of my toys. Of course, I'm like missing guns and stuff like that, but I still have Blur, and he still has his shield. And like, if you still rub the Transformers logo, it still lights up. You remember oh, how it was I love black? that. I love that. They were black, and you didn't know how they were, and they yeah. were like they were like uh, heat, like the heat off your hand would like like would reveal like the Decepticon what? or Autobot yeah. symbol. I love that. That was yeah. great. I love the character cards on the back of the boxes. Like, oh, I love that kind of stuff too. And it came with like the red see-through, um, the clear red like 3D paper or yes. whatever. Uh-huh. And that 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 red sheet, and you would put it over the statistics bar. Yes. And it would reveal like their strength, their speed, their all that stuff. Like you wouldn't be able to see anything. It was kind of like looking at a barcode. But when you put that red that red clear plastic over it, you'd be able to it, – it'd show you, like, their strength and everything like that. Yeah, they had, like, blue lines underneath yeah. all the different red dots that you had to – Right. Yeah, that was that was really neat stuff. They incorporated that into the Headmasters, too. Like, when you put the Headmasters yeah. on, like, Scorponite, like, you put, like, the head on that one, like, in his chest, it would, like, pop up and show you, like, speed and, like, strength and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, actually on the toy, not on the box, so – Man, I, I love the Transformers toys. And it's fun because, like, I can still, like, pull out my Transformers toys from, like, 30 years ago and just, like, transform them right there. Yeah. It's like I never forget. It's like riding a bike, man. I was always shitty at transforming my Transformers. I still have Hot Rod, too. Maybe that's why I was never a big Transformers kid. Yeah. I'm, I always suck so bad at transforming them. Man, I used to, like, uh, I used to, like, play with, like, Transformers and G.I. Joe at the same time, stuff like that. Oh, I, I, yeah, I did lots of crossovers, too. What bothered me about the toys is, like, there was it wasn't consistent, though. Like, the size and shit? Yeah, it was all over the board. It was all over the board because, like, I owned Metroplex, which was supposed to be this huge Autobot city. But Galvatron was the exact – the toy was the exact same size as Metroplex, <laughs> which made no sense. Yeah, it did make zero sense. Right. Yeah, and Soundwave and Optimus, and of course we talked about the Megatron gun thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. And yeah, it was all over the board. Yeah. I still have Wheelie, too. That's a good one. Yeah. What was the girl's name? RC. Yeah. Do you yeah. have an RC? No, you know what? They never made a Generation 1 RC toy. Oh, wow. They didn't make the first RC toy, I think, until the 2000s, like uh, 2002 or something ridiculous like that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, there's, I think there's like a prototype of Unicron that they made for Generation 1 that never came out. Then they made another prototype in 98. So I don't think the first Unicron toy was actually made until 2005. Oh, wow. Gotcha. That's cool. I just saw a picture of that while we were looking mm-hmm. at pictures, too. I think the 25th anniversary Optimus Prime figure was the that was amazing. It was a really tall figure. It looked beautiful. That was awesome. That is cool. So, yeah, Transformers, the animated movie, love it. Yeah, great stuff. It's one of my favorites too. I own it on DVD. Yeah, I'd like to get it in high def. I bet you can get it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I haven't checked that out. I still own it on DVD. I got the 20th anniversary DVD. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's got some good commentary on it. Well, no, no, no. The uh, the Transformers season one on DVD's got really good commentary. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but um, I don't know, dude. I don't know if people are even care about us talking about Transformers memories or whatever. You're a lot more knowledgeable about it than I am. That's for sure. It's okay, man. That that this is where I this is like my childhood. I loved it, and I'm sure there's there's other people out there that that know even more about it than I do. I don't know that much. I mean. I'm just I'm going off like my childhood and stuff that I've kind of held on to as an adult, but I just, I love the Transformers to this day. I've tried to read the IDW comics more than meets the eye and Robots in Disguise, and I don't know I, I I think I just haven't been able to get into those as much as I've been able to get into the Generation One stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, something about seeing Transformers. I think you almost need to see the the moving parts. Mm-hmm. I, but it's beautiful. I mean, the artwork is beautiful in both of those books. Oh, I bet really good so Oops. all right i'm ready to wrap it up dude yeah i'm hungry yeah um so next week good pop bad pop news yeah all that stuff i don't think there's any big movies coming out next week but the week after that it'll be uh dawn of the planet of the apes so that'll be a movie review for us dawn of the planet is andy circus in that again yeah caesar good stuff yep very good stuff so all right leftover army just like all good leftover saying their doggy bags Thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Yep, later, y'all. Yeah! Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs>
Yeah, that just happened. Pop culture leftovers. Go ahead. I think it's a transformer. I think it's a. Tra- I think we found a transformer. I think we found a transformer. I, th- I think we. I think we found a transformer, Jake. Oh my I just, god! I think I, we. I think we found a transformer. I just want to talk to you, transformer. <laughs> hey, transformer! I, tell your mom I said hi. Yeah, I just want to fix you. I just. Want, I want to fix you. Are you broken? 
What what have you what has this guy been through? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>